Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is Bagland DP, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. Special guest, my man Solomon. Give him a call here. Testing this out here. Hello. What's happening, bro? Got you live Yo. here. Hey, how's everybody doing on the Bagland? It's a pleasure. Now, I was, uh, as we were previously discussing earlier, you know, it's been a while since you've been on. It's been a, um, we were discussing that with this new podcast machine, I can upload to Podbean or any, any of my choosing. And instead of, you know, going live all the time, I could just pre-record and stuff. So, um, there's a very interesting article that I want to pl- that I want to talk about before I go into this other case um and this will probably kind of hit hit to home a little bit so let me go in my folder and then you could kind of speak to this a little bit because somebody sent this to me earlier today now Fox News they said that the Minneapolis leaders create a task force aimed at revitalizing downtown. I'm going to play the audio real quick. I'll turn down the music just a little bit. By the way, that's NK Music. That's another really great uh, music program um, that's on YouTube. Let me see if I can pull this up. Let's see. You like to have the audio. Come on. They always got always got to play this grand casino crap. Advertisement videos, you know how that works. Of course. All right, let's see. Five seconds, two seconds. Okay, here we go. Minneapolis officials say it's time to get serious about revitalizing downtown. Yeah, they once hoped it would happen naturally after the pandemic, but now agree that it'll take more work. Political reporter Theo Keith explains. Mayor Jacob Fry assembles a task force to figure out the future of downtown Minneapolis storefronts, both on the street and at the skyways. The first task, inventory the hundreds of storefronts, figure out who owns them, what those people want, and what other cities are doing. I don't think any of us are interested in kind of wringing our hands about what we no longer have but also not interested in ignoring the current situation and just hoping for the best. Office towers emptied out during the pandemic. Hybrid and remote work is keeping many workers at home. With fewer workers to serve, downtown shops have struggled. Data from the Downtown Business Council reflect this. Building occupancy is at 62%, while downtown's restaurants are serving just 64% of the diners that they did before the pandemic. The mayor was asked where his task force will start. Undoubtedly, Nicollet Mall uh, will be a primary focus, maybe not the only focus. Now, before I go on, now, I want to put a disclaimer out. I'm not a medical person. But there were some things that Bagland DP, some statements that were made where YouTube was taking my stuff down, talking about misinformation, and everything I said came out true. There's a documentary out called Sudden, basically. Okay, there's a documentary that came out. There's been a lot of conspiracy theories about the, I'll call it the jab. And there's been coroners and people that have been pretty much documenting 
a lot of people that have died, they've been pulling out um, tissue from people that have took the jab. Now, there's other information coming out where a lot of whistleblowers have been saying, well, hey, th- this shit was made up in a lab. So a- everything's really pretty much coming out about this stuff. And the point of, the, of me saying that is not to demonize whether a person took it or not. But if they're saying, well, it's hybrid. I like working from home. I like working remote. It cuts back on the race soldiers. It cuts back on me getting sick, whatever. However, if they're saying that it's down 60% and it's, and it's only 60% occupancy, well, now um, that probably means that that's due to the pandemic. So if they're saying that they're closing stores and they're consolidating offices um, a- along with the, the, the so-called crime, a lot of the crime they said, um, what is your, what is your thoughts on that? Especially with the hotel occupancy only being 53%. Well, the hotel occupancy being at 53% has a lot of more to do with a lot of people not traveling right now. Okay. With COVID, you know, that kind of stuff set a lot of people back. People just kind of still, America still just kind of rolling. What they did with the hotels for a while, they was bringing the bums in there, you know? Really? Yeah. Well, what they was doing is it was, it was uh, the hotels of uh, the bums would stay there until their housing was available and ready. It was like, a um, they used it as a, you'd get a voucher and they used it as a, um, as a, um, as like a middle ground until your apartment's ready. I mean, you, Minneapolis probably gave about three, 4,000 people apartments. Hmm. They built a lot of low income housing. They bought up a lot of uh, existing apartments. They convinced a lot of landlords like myself were having a hard time with renters. So a lot of people moved to section eight. Cause it's the, the money is more guaranteed. You're dealing with a different clientele base, but, you're almost guaranteed to be renting out your stuff, you know? So a lot of people move to that. So when that happens, you get this. So with that, you get task force and you get this because what's happening is these, these drug addicts, they're not attacking people based on race or religion. They, they want to get high. So they need money. So they smart enough to know I'm not going to be busting in the cars in the inner city. There ain't no money in there. So they fucking with the white people in the, rich part of South Minneapolis over there by Lake Nokomis. Mm. They realize, and that's where the money is. That's where we need to be robbing people, um, breaking into cars, breaking into homes. Cause that's where the real money is. So now we need like you just, the clip you just made. Now this problem. How do they get out there? Lake Shit, same way anybody else would take so, the bus, take the walk. So they're not Shit, a bum, man. They move around rob a car to hijack a car to get out there. These motherfuckers got real strong and rich addictions. So this you see what I'm saying? Day. So they need, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, they need to get high and they need to get high now. So the number one thing they're going to do is they want to be around the real money. Motherfucker got a $200 drug habit every day without a job. Think of that. So every single day, these motherfuckers have to go around and hustle, rob, steal, 
to support a habit of about 200 a day. That's a lot of money. That's no joke. And if they got a girlfriend or something, now you want to add another 50 to 60 to $70 of that. Now, every day. Are, 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 the, are the fentanyl people, are they, is it a violent drug? Like you take it and you uh, turn no. Uh, no. Well, I mean, when, when they're in the middle of the high, I mean, they're very erratic and they're moving around, so you want to be cautious. But for the most part, what's, what, what, uh, it, it when it, the problem with that is when they don't have it. Okay. When they get to fiending, that's where the real issue comes in is when they get to fiending. You know, I've been employed for almost, about to be on three years now just because of that, having to deal with them kind of people. How much? You know, here in my building. I get free rent and and a check. How how much would you say? How much would you say? And then we, we could go into that. Because I, I got, speaking of, of employment, you were going to tell me a story last time I talked to you a couple of weeks ago. So we'll oh, yeah. I'll tell you a great one. We'll get into it in a minute. Um, But we'll, couple, we'll, we'll cover a few other topics beforehand. But we'll, um, with, with, with fit, how many addicts do you think is on the south side of Minneapolis right now? We won't even go over north. We'll just oh, say wow. A hundred. Uh, I mean, it's. But more hundreds. No, there's probably hundreds just in the sewer neighborhood. The thing is, is as far as where they dwell, the sewer neighborhood is going to catch a lot of that because we write, you know, like my building is the closest building to the light rail, you know, and then you, you know, you have a lot of people who live on the light rail because there's homeless shelters and Minneapolis is real good about helping homeless people. The problem is, is that you got to be sober. Oh, okay. They're not going to help somebody with that kind of an addiction, you know. It's hard because they can't be in the shelters all high like that, you know, and they can't be doing drugs in the shelter. And these people can't go eight or nine hours without getting high. You got to be back in that shelter by nine o'clock. There ain't no bullshit. You got to be there at nine and you got to get your ass up by 6 a.m. Out the fucking door. Go find something to do. Mm. That's very yeah, so that's what. So a place like Seward is very liberal. You know what I mean. So they, they, you know, they, uh, they'll come over here with the food trucks and feed them, and you know, give them fresh needles, and you know, so they'll, they'll, uh, they really accommodate them. You know what I'm saying? They really hook them up. So that's why they want to be in this neighborhood. You got panhandlers in this on this block here on every street corner. There's a panhandler in the day. Fred Fry says, undoubtedly, Nicollet Mall will be a primary focus. When asked about when well, people stop going down there, nobody goes downtown anymore. That's what I heard. I heard. I mean, the last time I've been down there, I used to work. I, I was at a mayor prize at one point in time. But oh, you used to be real thick downtown. Yeah, man. I used with to your Pelly Pell jacket. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you used to be real, real thick down there, man. There's a store you used to like over there, the, the clothing store next to the Skyway Lounge. I forgot what it was called. I used to go down there, man. That, that was, what, what year was that? That's in the, the late 90s or some shit, man. I used to go down there. They used to have little janky-ass clothes and stuff. Then I started kind of upgrading myself. That's when I... I guess I'm getting a little yeah, bit more Pelly money. Yeah, Isn't that what it was called? I'll never forget that brown Pelly Pell coat you had. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was your prized possession. I had, I had the, um, but So, Mayor Fry is trying to get people basically to come downtown 
I think so. Hold on, let me let me Let's grab my son. Money. Let me grab my son real quick. I'll give me thirty seconds. Yeah. One second. Yeah. All right, my bad, bro. Oh, we're good. All right. I'm telling you, this this Rollcaster Pro. You know, because sometimes, I mean, you know, you a lot of most people podcast from home, so they be having a they be having a kids and stuff like that, and they be you know, I guess kind of crack the door just because he might want to run in or something like that. You know, he's playing his little game. But yeah, okay. So you said yeah, Nicolet Nicolet Mall. Now, I remember a time when. And you remember too, where downtown was vibrant. It was always shootings and fights and dumb shit going on because you know you got a bunch of you got a bunch of folks down there from all walks of life. Um, now this one, I really gotta get your input on this in a second. But uh, yeah, I haven't been down there. I've actually turned down a lot of positions that was um working downtown. So downtown has some of its perks when you're working in a corporate field, especially like an IT. But the thing is, is the parking's janky. Um, I found myself getting sick many, many times. I felt like I was sick every five minutes because some of them corporate environments, man, people don't be washing their hands. You know? Um, oh, no, yeah. So you know how that goes. Not only do they not. You see, but here's the thing. Mayor Fry, in any downtown that you see, Nowadays, they're they're and not even just I'm talking about in general in America. They get they're getting hit and getting caught with the same exact thing. So you clear all the knuckleheads out, okay? So that that's what happens. So when you clear the knuckleheads out, guess what happened? There, there. You know what else isn't over there anymore? Drugs. Hmm. It's not just the average bum and wino that does drugs. The guy that works in them corporate offices, the guy that makes a hundred grand a year working somewhere else, he does drugs too. And when he comes into downtown, not only does he want to go party, he wants to put something up his nose and he wants that nigga that's across the street that he can just get it from. Oh, but you clean that up. So you want your cake and eat it too. A part of something becoming vibrant, it's a it's a fantasy in Mayor Fry's brain to think that. Oh, it's going to be a vibrant area, but there ain't no drugs and seedy people around. Right. Yeah, I mean, fucked up. That that goes along with that. What a festive atmosphere. There's there's party favors. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? And you want to get your shit and go. And you want that nigga that's across the street that's got two for 20 or three for 30. You just want to get it and then you want to go in your car, do it, and you want to go right back into the club. What would you say, you just, know? just, you know, over South? What is the racial attic aspect? Is it about half and half, or is it you know, is it just a bunch of just a bunch of white whites and blacks that's just high as hell? I would say um, around here, it's it's uh, every culture you see around here is affected by it. Natives, obviously, the most, and then we're getting the natives of a, a, a lot here in the sewer neighborhood. Because they've been kicked out of the little earth over there. They're in the little earth ain't having that. So little earth is is a no is a no fly zone for, for No, they're not having any of that hair around. They're not gonna do that. They're not gonna have them. They're not they're doing their best to try to have them kids not on that type of shit, you know? Now what do they do? What would you say in your opinion? What do they do to 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 to, to ensure that that don't go on? <laughs> 
Well, what are they? Are they basically telling people, "Hey, you come around here with this, we ban you from the, from the from the community"? Oh, they're banned. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because you could tell, ain't nobody doing fentanyl and heroin. Those are the two drugs that everybody's doing around here, right? Ain't nobody doing no drugs like that around here and then able to be cool and calm. You telling on yourself right away, and they're kicking you out. So they come over here to the sewer neighborhood and they're panhandle, breaking the cars, this and that. And then now the Somali community in the West Bank, they've been hit with it. Next time you get in this area, drive by to see the Riverside. You're going to be seeing these Somali kids like zombies sleeping on the stools of the little uh, the little businesses on the West Bank. Young guys. Knocked out. Young, young, man, beyond young. Probably not even old enough to drink. That's crazy. On fentanyl. Oh, man, I've seen young people, man. I kicked this one couple out uh, about a week ago here in my building. I don't know how they got in. They would sleep upstairs on the fourth floor on the stairs. These kids was dressed better than me. Knocked out. High off the No, they, they, could, they looked like, to me, it looked like they was in high school. Oh, my gosh. Man, I just went off on them. I woke them up, got them out of here. I told them, what the fuck is this? Y'all don't even smoke weed no more? Y'all just doing the straight fentanyl? Oh, good God. Thank God that shit wasn't around when I was coming up. Yeah, that, that would be. That so the Somali community is hit with it. There's there's white people on it. But, um, you know, the thing with white people is, man, they go faster than anybody, you know? Well, white people, when they do them kind of drugs, it's, it's cut and dry. You know what I'm talking about? Mom and dad, more than likely, especially if there's other siblings, mom and dad are going to get rid of them. They're going to have to fend for themselves, and they don't have the same, you know, comfortableness with the inner city and with the hood. You know, so a lot of them motherfuckers, man, they end up going to treatment or them the ones you see getting clean. Either they got a defense mechanism, a family that'll get them into treatment, or they get stuck. See, an inner city urban motherfucker can wake up. All right, we finna do this. We finna go steal some cars. We finna go do this. We got to make 200 a day, you know, every day. But a white dude, they ain't got that same comfortable level with the hood. So a lot of them, they fizzle out quick. They either overdose and die or get clean. Now, does their, does their, family, does their family typically accept them back in? I'm assuming yes. Because they get clean, yeah. But they're not going to do that because if there's kids involved, and if dad's in the picture, you know, you never know. I've seen some instances, you know, where uh, the son, uh, the white boy was hooked on drugs and the mom and dad would pay his rent and his utilities. So he had a place to stay so he wouldn't come over there and fucking with them, but they wouldn't give him any money. That kind of reminds they would just me pay his- of Breaking Bad with Jesse. Do you remember Breaking Bad? The TV show? Yeah. Nah, I never, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. That is a very interesting show. I'm going to be honest. I was very biased at first, bro. When I first heard about that, um, I'm sitting up there just thinking, like somebody told me about it. And, you know, the same way I was with Game of Thrones and several other things. They say, you need to check this out. I'm like, man, I don't want to see no damn meth head, no white people selling meth. Listen. That that show, it reminds you, there's a character by the name of Jesse. Now, he was on meth. Meth was real big down there. You remember you, you told me a story about Albuquerque down there. But they were in Al it takes place in Albuquerque, where there's a big meth thing going on down there. And uh 
it's about it's about a science teacher. And he knows how to cook, mix mix all kinds of shit up. He knows, you know, the periodic table elements and all of that. He knows that back and forth. So basically, he ended up with cancer. The teacher ended up with cancer. And Jesse used to be one of his science students. He was a meth head. And he was like a trapper too. So you know how you have like a dealer, but like an addict at the same time. So he'll he'll get high on his own supply oh, yeah. and then he'll sell some shit, you know, just keep things going. So well, that's why they ain't able to bust anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So then this motherfucker, he, what he does, they ended up hooking up some kind of way. I won't tell the whole story, but uh, it, it's a show that's been out for a while. I've watched it a couple times. Really good show. Really good show. Um, it's on AMC. And so what ended up happening was uh, this this guy, he, he, you know, he had parents, pretty decent parents and stuff like that, little brother and stuff. But his parents was like, man, nigga, you, you a meth head. I don't want you around your little brother. Just like how you said, you know, um, they wouldn't. Oh, yeah, they don't want them polluting the other kids. Now we got two meth heads. And that's, that's fully understandable. That's fully understandable. That's something they don't want. And that's very understandable as parents, you know, you know, you, you wouldn't want your child to be, you wouldn't want your child to be, be infected, infected by. Even though if your kids is running around here doing that kind of stuff, nine times out of 10, you know, you, 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 you doing, you did something wrong as a parent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Nine times. You caused some kind of pain to that child or, you know, something like that. You did something to that motherfucker, you know, yeah, that you so, probably ain't trying to talk about, but so, yeah, some, there's a lot that happened. goes into it that people don't talk about. Yeah. But see, the thing is, is it's a catch 22. Like you was just saying, that's why the city here, they can't shut down this fentanyl thing and all this heroin. Because they're looking for the guy to roll up in the Cadillac on rims who sold him about $1,000 worth of fentanyl, and now he's gone. That's what they're looking for, the guy with the flashy jewelry. Oh, we can see him. That's him. What they're not realizing is the dealer is also the user. He's a motherfucker just getting high for free. You feel what I'm saying? Or, you know, getting high at a discounted price. Mm. So you, that's why they're not able to crack that code. And then you got an idiot like Mayor Fry. You know what I mean? He's not. He caused this issue. Ilion jumped on his bandwagon. Now they're not getting along. It's, it's all, a, you know what I mean? It's all a game. You know what I mean? You know He backed yeah. the only person in the world that, that, that could not beat Ilion Omar was Don Samuels. If Don Samuels came within four-tenths of a five-tenths of a point of beating her. So that that just goes to show you, and he's not well-liked. Had they had a decent candidate, she'd have been gone. Do you know how little of a margin Keith Ellison won by? Just barely? Very little. Still minding the store, huh? I mean, but the margins, I'm looking at these guys, Elion and him was winning by 20, 30, points or percentage points in the polls, which is a lot. Now they're barely winning. For her to barely be able to beat Don Samuels, that goes to show you something. That reminds me of Herschel Walker and Warnock. Now, Herschel Walker is your common NFL bumpkin, your, your common non-articulate plantation coon Negro. Now, here's the difference. 
Warnock is this so-called articulate, so-called, he put it like this. He's your poke chop preacher. He's the nigga that you would dress up Sunday morning that will pull up to the Baptist church with a Cadillac, tell you that you need to put some money in his, in his pulpit, drive off in a Bentley. Right, let me upgrade from a Cadillac. Let me, let me go to an Escalade or should I say a Rolls Royce? He's one of them type of niggas, typical Atlanta poke shop preacher. And then we'll tell you, well, I'm a man of God, but, uh, you know, all you hood rats need to just get an abortion. He's one of them kind of niggas. Now, he just barely won against the werewolf. You heard the little story about the, about Herschel Walker making fun of the werewolf. You know, it was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad that they had to bring out Obama. They had to bring this nigga out to crack jokes on Herschel Walker because a lot of black folks in Atlanta were like, man, fuck that. I'm not supporting fat ass Stacey Abrams or, or, um, um, Warnock. Now, Herschel, he don't know what he's talking about half the time, but I'm gonna be contradicting himself. But I'm gonna be very honest. If I want, if we gonna get a coon in, let's get a real plantation coon. I would have much rather had Herschel. I'm gonna tell you why. Warnock, at least when you look at the debate, now Herschel, you could clearly see that this nigga's not bright, and he knows that, and I know that, and you know that. But Warnock. He's one of these niggas. He's one that I call the black boule. You know, the black political overclass that I always tell you about. It's these bougie, bougie, these bougie boule Negroes. Whenever there's a fish fry or, you know, they might have somebody like Anita Baker and she's cool. No disrespect to her, but you know what I'm saying? Like they'll have like these so-called, you know, they may have an R&B person or a so-called uppity Negro that's from this uppity ass uh, some Negro scholar or some, some Harvard Institute nigga or some shit. Like, Cause I've been, bro, I've been to one of those events and I'm telling you when you talk to those kind of black folks, they, they feel like this. Well, nigga, I made it. Look at you, you old poor ass niggas. I don't fuck with you niggas like that. You know, they, they feel like, Oh, I got my degree. I made it. So he comes from that cloth. So, you know, he jumped into the church pulpit He's pimping you from the pulpit. This nigga clearly had owned all these church properties. Cause that's another hustle, the church hustle, the pulpit hustle. They owned all these church pop properties, bro. Church properties, bro. And what he was doing was he was charging. Like, let's say you owe, let's say your rent was 30 bucks. Let's say you owe $30 on one of the church properties rent. This nigga would evict you. <laughs> This nigga gets, oh, you nigga, you owe me $30. Get your ass out. He'll evict you. So he's throwing black folks out that might owe that nigga a little bit of money. He's probably getting subsidized by the city. It's the same little nonprofit hustle here we got in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's the same kind of thing. Now, Herschel, he going to get up there talking about werewolves. He'll give you a little superhero story. You know, like somebody called him a coon one day and he says, well, you know, Coon ain't being that bad. He said, you know, raccoons are the smartest animals in the world. Now, Herschel said that? Yeah, so, I mean, you know what yeah, you Yeah, Herschel's Herschel. the definition of a, a <laughs> dumb jock. Right. <laughs> you know, but see, Herschel, where he fucked up is, he fucked up with the, his own fan base. Because, see, Herschel was talking about 
he was against children out of wedlock, but then it came out he had a child out of wedlock. Oh, man. Then it came, he was saying he was against gays. Then it came out he had a gay son. Right, his son is super. Yeah, and his son was talking bad about him. Yeah. You know, and, and all that hit at the wrong time. That's the thing is when you're running for office and it's looking good, man, they're going to bring them enemies out. But he's still barely beat. See, just like what you said about Samuels, like, he just barely beat him. That says a lot. You 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 just said. Oh yeah, if his son his son is the reason he lost. If it wasn't for that, he'd have won that hands the, down. But ju- but just a simple fact. In you Georgia, he would have won that. Herschel he didn't Walker, win because the people that was supposed to vote for him didn't. Her, I mean, think about it, man. Herschel Walker. You can't. You know what that's like? It, it's almost like I look at the at the old Donald and Biden thing. You can't beat Donald Joe. You just barely won. That goes to show. That goes to show the people really don't really want to fuck with you. They just feel forced to. So like, well, Herschel not- was just a great. He was just a great athlete. Herschel Walker. You see how big he is. Herschel Walker was playing pro football in his forties, which is unheard of. Forty. Do you see how? Yeah. Do you see how big Herschel Walker is? Herschel Walker has never lifted a weight in his life. How did he? How did he get that damn big? Push ups, sit ups, and naturalness. He a country boy, you know. Walling up, uh, moving hay, and, you know all that farm work. Okay, so that dude was just. I a mean, this guy is as a as <laughs> a great athlete. He's had a long standing relationship with Donald Trump because Donald Trump used to own a football league. Really, they used to go against the NFL called the UFL. This wow. was in the eighties. So he, Donald Trump, yeah, Donald Trump went against the NFL. Didn't know that. In the 80s, yeah. And his first pick was Herschel Walker. I did so not from know that, that point in the 80s, him and Herschel Walker became friends. So they have real a true good friendship. Friend. A real friendship. Very, very. Oh, yeah, it goes back 30 years. 30, so, over 30 years. So what is Al Sharpton then, complaining about? Him and Trump used to hang out. I see I seen him booed up in a few the pictures. Key word, the key word is used to. Trump Trump couldn't, you got to understand something. Trump had to disassociate himself from any non-coon that was black. Trump's fan base is the Proud Boys and them kind of people. So if they see him buddying up to, to Al Sharpton, what's that going to look like? So why, my question is this, man. And, you know, it's not... Um, well, it was cool when Trump was just a businessman who had a TV show and businesses and casinos. There wasn't nothing to hang out with him. That's another thing. When he became president, and started taking money from. Uh, he took all that private money from racial people, so he had to go their way. I don't believe he's a racist in real life. I believe he took a lot of private money from them for his campaign, and he had to go to what the fuck they were saying. Al Sharpton had a lot to say. You remember, I had to remind people about Sharpton. I said, oh, Al Sharpton, he says I'm he says I'm not a rat. He says I'm a cat. Yeah, Al, Al Sharpton is lucky that he can't be held accountable for what what he did because the people that deal with Al Sharpton, they ain't thinking in them terms, you know. I've talked to a lot of older black people. You know, I remember my uncle used to always tell me, man, that nigga ain't shit. And he's an old school cat, you know, most of the old school crowd, you know, the baby boomers and, you know, you know, they come from that, you know, that civil rights generation a little later. A lot of them niggas subscribe to that Warnock, 
Sharpton, Stacey Abrams crowd. Oh, well, you just got to vote. And if you don't vote, this will, you know, the sky's going to fall down. And see, it's not that I'm a fan of tyrants. I respect that Trump's gangster. Every rapper, shout out to my homie Simba Ali for pointing this out. Every fucking rapper used to mention Donald J with the toupee. And then when he won, it was a problem. And my thing is, is this kind of like with the BMF thing. We're going to get into that in a minute. We need to talk. We, we need to talk. We need to talk about that in a minute. Let's come back to the Donald Talking about show. YSL? Let, yeah, let's, let's play that, that article here. Where is it at? Hold on. We, yeah, we got to talk about that. Because, see, my, king, my, my conjecture with this here. Let me play. Let me, let me play the music. Me, hold on. Wait a minute. Some breaking news just coming into the newsroom in the past couple of hours. Atlanta rapper Gunna will be released from jail after accepting a plea deal in the RICO case against him. This is according to his attorney. So the rapper, whose real name is Sergio Kitchens, sent a statement to 11 Alive saying in part, I have chosen to end my own RICO case with an Alfred plea and end my personal ordeal by publicly acknowledging my association with YSL. Whoa. I didn't see that part. Hold on. Let me play that. What again. was the last part? He said to publicly what? I'm publicly acknowledging my association with YSL. Oh, man. you! Yeah. I think you called it. That sounds like snitch talk. I didn't I even need to. acknowledging my association. Whoa. Hold on. Jeez. Chosen right there. In my own RICO case with an Alfred plea and in my personal ordeal by publicly acknowledging my association with YSL. Gonna and his fellow Atlanta rapper, Young Thug, are two of 28 defendants charged in this case. And prosecutors say, allegedly, the YSL record label is allegedly connected to street gang activity. Gunna has now entered the Alfred plea, according to his attorney, as we stated. Now, it's complicated, but that basically means he is formally admitting he is guilty while still pleading he is innocent. Now, in a statement, Gunna says that when he became affiliated with YSL in 2016, he did not consider it a gang, and his focus was entertainment. Gunna has been in custody since May. Okay, now, here's the thing. This is my conjecture. Because I know that whole case is some bullshit, but we know how the game plays with black folks. We understand that. His case, he didn't even really have a damn case. He really didn't even do anything. It was... His case was pretty much damn near for smoking weed or some bullshit. But because it's a Rico, because it's a Rico Suave, you know, they're going to bring out all, they're going to bring out all their punches. Now, I see something else. Where, where did I see that? Oh, oh here, here we go. Here we go. Now, so, so, okay. So he's already admitted that it's a game. Now, remember Thug said, okay, it's not a game, but he's, He's already admitted it to the gang and he's considered to be, even though he's, they're not saying he's the leader. You're the top dog. You got money. You rap. That means you have influence. Thug, you rap. That means you have influence. So any nigga that just says I'm YSL or I did this for YSL, listen to this. Now, Walter Murphy pleads guilty as Gunna is released. Okay. So who's Walter Murphy? All right. Oh, I'm oh shit. Okay, let's let's look at this. Gunner's plea deal was the YSL case is interesting because of his artistic stature, the implications moving forward. But the other guilty plea this week by alleged YSL co-founder Walter Murky 
Walter Walter Murphy, aka DK, is more instructive about how these Rico cases work. And this is Joe Karras, you know, the hip hop, uh, what, what, you know, the little white dude to be. Okay, so I'm looking at this case. What is he charged with? All right, Walter Murphy, final disposition, felony with probation, negotiated. That's the plea. His now his plea was negotiated. Now. The charge, conspiracy to violate the racketeer, so the Rico, guilty. Okay, his sentence is 10 years, so one year commute to time served. Okay, so nine. So not, balance is nine years probated. So this nigga got probation. Uh-oh. This isn't looking good for Thug. I'll tell you exactly what happened. See, there's a new creative way. See, now the feds and all this realize something. And to Gunner's credit, he hung out for a long time. How long was he locked up for? About a year. Oh, yeah. So he hung on for a while. You know, it was Christmas time. He got a family, so he gave them the info they needed. But here's the thing. The feds are a lot smarter now. So they're not they, – they understand that the ramifications that if you make a statement and then you testify under oath against somebody, they understand that. A lot of people don't do, they won't do that anymore because of the ramifications for their family and this and that. Cause Gunner could have did whatever he told them. He could have told them a year ago. They knew Gunner had nothing to do with it, but it, they know we got a little something on you. So we're going to lock your ass up until you tell us what we need to know about him. But now that we know that you're not trying to put anything on record. Cause he said when he got released, he said, I'm not a snitch. I didn't file no paperwork. I will not be testifying. I read right through that. Basically, tell us what we need to know about this motherfucker and how we can prove it, and we'll leave your names out of it. We'll let you just go. Dry snitching. Yeah. We, we know that you don't want to document nothing and say nothing and testify against them. That's fine. Tell us what we need to know, and then tell us how we can get the evidence. Give us all that info. Okay, I'll give it all to you, and then we'll let you walk. So this is a quasi. Boom. This is a, a quasi-Takashi. And he can, and then he can always say, whenever he's pressed, where's the paperwork? If I snitch, nigga, how the fuck did you get out? You know, all of a sudden they just felt sorry for you. Also, how they just let Gunner out? He didn't give us no info. Nah, that's bullshit. It's anyone with half a brain would know that. Yeah, he definitely talked. I knew that right away when he got released. He got released, and he didn't even go to trial yet. You know what's crazy about it? You know what's crazy about the whole rap game hold on, thing? Hold on, hold on, just, just hold on, just, re, just re, replay what I just told you. He was charged, right? Right. He hasn't even had a court date. He has his court date hasn't even been set. Hmm. So it's not like so just think of that. So he cut a plea with them. Either he cut a plea deal with them, or they just looked at him and go, "You know what, nigga, your court date hasn't even." Set yet, but we're just gonna let you out. Come on, think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. That on that, what the fuck? So they just woke up one day. His court date hasn't even been set yet on when his trial is. But before your trial even starts, we're just off a of GP, just gonna let you go. Come on, it's a hundred percent. Young Thug has to know he talked, but he just told them some shit they needed to know, and they just kept it off the record. All right, tell us. And then tell us how we can prove it. All right, this happened here, and this and this guy was there too. Oh, okay, bet. That's what, all right. 
we're, we're Young Thug is cooked. We're in a fake industry right now. Do you think Gunna will come out and still be able to do his thing? Yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah, because realistically, I hate to say it, but it's the same thing. It's the Kanye West syndrome all over again. It's not about, you have to look at who is this person's paying fan base. Not who's who's on social media. Not just that. Who's going to his shows and who's buying his stuff online. White That's kids. white boys. White boys. And they don't give a fuck about that shit because they do the same goddamn thing. You feel what I'm saying? So one thing you don't hear white people talk about is snitching. No, they don't. Yep. They'll use the word whistleblower. Right. And when they use the word whistleblower, now that's a motherfucker who had absolutely nothing to do with what you're talking about. But they didn't call Cohen a snitch. They don't They don't look at it as snitching. If you whistleblow, that means you just jumped in some shit you had nothing to do with. But if you were involved with something and you had to tell to not go anytime, nobody, uh, uh, you're not kicked out of the white community. You feel what I'm saying? They don't look at it in, the, in those terms. Now, if you whistleblow, that's, that means you got involved with something you had nothing to do with. You just told on some people. You know what I mean? Besides that, hey, in the white community, it don't, so he will, Gunner will, will make more money and he's going to flip the script. He's going to be all about free thugs. He's going to flip the script on it. Free thug, free my nigga. You know what I'm saying? That's probably going to be his whole album, the next album. <laughs> I guarantee you, I watch this kid. Hey, he got cut a break. He, hey, to his credit, he hung on, though. He either hung on or this is how the feds work sometimes. Let him sit. We're going to ask him one last time. We, we're not even going to say nothing to him. We're just going to let him sit because I bet you Thug hasn't been offered a deal. They haven't even told Thug and Gunna what evidence they have against them, bro. Just think of how little they've gone into the process well, don't for you somebody think, just to be released. Don't you think so? If like you get so, let me ask you something. You get charged, okay? I'm gonna point a scenario for you. You get charged. The feds lock you up until your court date, okay? We haven't even told you when your court date is, nor have we told you. Uh, what we're really charging you with. We don't know. We've told you what we're charging you with, but we ain't even shown you the evidence yet. So we're nowhere near trial. All right. All of a sudden, one day, you're sitting in the jail cell. The warden comes in and goes, you know what, EP, you're released. Time served. Just admit that you're a part of the gang. Okay, I'm part of the gang. All right, you're out. Oh, you Think told. of that. That don't you happen. Told. You fucking told. There's, Some there's no information was given up. But like I said, it's a creative. The feds realize Niggas ain't talking no more. They don't want to be on the record. So, all right, how can we get info from these guys and still, you know, function? All right, so we need to kind of get creative. You know what I'm talking about? You know how many people, how many drug dealers in America are doing everything right, selling drugs, and all of a sudden one day the feds kick in their door? And you go, how did that happen? Somebody that, knew, somebody that knew what you was doing got in a jam and they told on you. There's been the old lyric, when you get in the jam, don't mention my name. Oh, I know this guy over here. You know, he's making some moves. He's doing this and that. He's, oh, okay. Well, let us know about that. that you know, oh, happened, okay. That happened to one of my homies. But guess what they won't do? But guess what they won't do? When they bust you, they're not going to tell you, and they're not going to bring it into court that this guy told us that. Here's what they do now. They just take that information, and then they further their investigation. So if I if I were the police right now or the feds right now and I go, hey man, 
this guy that lives, I'll just give a fictitious name, but I said, this guy that lives across the street from me, Bruce, man, he's moving pounds of cocaine. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah. If I say I get in a jam and I say, I know this guy, Bruce, he's moving pounds of cocaine. Really? Oh, okay. So here's what they'll do. They'll just write down everything I'm telling them. And then, you know, they might do something for me. They might not. But then they'll take that information, that guy's name and address, and then they'll go and unmark vehicles and go around his house and they'll see people coming in and out, in and out, in and out. And then they'll bust one of the people that leaves there with the drugs. And then they'll tell that person with the drugs, all right, tomorrow you go back in there with this money, marked bills. They go back in there with the marked bills. They come out, boom. Now the police go in there, kicking the door, raid it, bow, bow, bow. So that, that's how, you know what I mean? There's a new creative way for the police to handle things. And Gunner just got out by that. And Young Thug, any fans of Young Thug right now, good luck. You won't be hearing any new material from him. Now listen to this. This is the important thing before I move on to the next to, to the next piece of the case. Defendant Jimmy Jimmy Winfrey, an associate of YSL, did commit the felony offense of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Now they say uh, against offensively against a person upon uh, upon the person of Dwayne Carter, aka Lil Wayne, by shooting at a bus. So this was that case back in 2015 when Pee Wee Roscoe, aka uh, Jimmy Winfrey, was. He, he was shooting at Lil Wayne's bus in 2015 and was in prison until 2020. In Georgia, state RICO context, these acts for which they have already been punished are now evidence of a new crime, conspiracy to violate RICO, guilty pleas. To avoid serving time for essentially the same acts means that prosecutors can now use testimony from guys like DK and Gunna to prove the foundation of the case that YSL is a gang and therefore anything it's self-professed members do to further the cause equals conspiracy. If the goal is taken down YSL, this is strategic rolling up smaller crimes to help prove big ones. In this case, among others, the 2015 murder of Donovan Thomas or nut, which prosecutors say young thug approves or ordered and which set off the violent years Long YFN YSL beef because remember YS YFN Lucci, he's in jail for attempted murder. They're saying that they they yeah. to say that there was a hit. YMW Melly Mellow Melly whatever. Why YFN Lucci? They said that they said that YFN Lucci, um, that they they were into it with them, and I think I think the Rico had mentioned something about a hit ordered on YFN. YFN uh, Lucci when he was in jail because he's serving time for an attempted murder to my knowledge. Really? So, oh, yeah. Now, I was telling my homie this the other day. Looking at this other case, I told him the Rico is the new slavery act. Here's another Rico. F Fulton County DA files Rico charged against suspected gang members charged with a home invasion. So if you're, if you do a home invasion in Georgia, if you do a home invasion in Georgia and they say that you're with a gang, that's a Rico. It says more than two dozen suspected gang members have been indicted for a string of celebrity home invasions. Instigator uh, investigators say the suspected gang members scope out items to steal on celebrity social media accounts. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, and this is the lady where you were saying she's trying to be like Kamala. She's the next Kamala. She definitely is because she's a foundational. 
So they could try to get black folks. They could get the old. They could get the old boule crowd to 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 uh to trust her. Because usually what they do is they will out black folks. And what what happens is a lot of foundations would be like, okay, this nigga right here, you you brought him in from a different country as an immigrant coon. The problem is. The problem is they could bring in somebody like Fanny and they could say, oh, well, you could trust her. She's one of y'all. She's a foundational. Hold on one second, bro. Let me bring him, get him another room. One second. Give me two seconds. Nothing like stubbing your damn toe in the dark. Shit. Oh, yeah. That's the word. (laughs) Yeah. So, look, you called it. Now, Fanny, she, you know what she said? She sounded just like Kamala. Remember when they asked Kamala about reparations? And Kamala Mm -hmm. says, because you got to think, she ain't no foundational. She don't really give a fuck about foundation, about black America. She's like, oh, y'all niggas. She, she, She adopts the Indian culture. So she Yeah, she but could, Biden and them didn't know that. Oh, he oh for sure. Oh, come on, man. You gotta think he was she was booed up with low down Willie Brown and Montel Jordan. They they knew her background. See They thought no, I mean, no, they knew she was, you know, they knew she was would fuck her way to the top. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is they I didn't know she'd be Oh, they, they didn't think she'd be rejected by black America the way she was. Well, her whole, I mean, she talked, she talked the worst about Joe Biden and anybody during the Democratic primary. That's her. all politics. She didn't even win California. She couldn't even beat California. Right, but why did he pick her then? So you give me one reason he picked her. He could have picked women, another woman. You know he picked her because she was a black woman. Right. And here's another thing. Dave, Biden has been around black people. Like he said, I don't want my kids to go to the jungle. He knows Negroes well. He's a stone cold He's one of them. He's like the old Democrats. A lot of people, I want everybody to listen tonight to understand what I'm getting ready to say. You're wondering like, well, DP, what do you mean by one of the old Democrats? Before the Republicans and the Democrats switched parties, you got to think a lot of black folks used to be Republicans back around Martin Luther King days to the early 1900s to the late 1800s. The old Republicans was was the old the old Democrats is what we now know as to be the Republicans for the last 30, 40 years. Now whether you're right wing whether, I don't it's, it's too it's too flipped to the same bird. It don't matter. But you gotta keep in mind most black folks back in the day were Republicans in the early nineteen hundreds and the mid nineteen hundreds and the late eighteen hundreds 
And too many black folks was joining the Republican Party. So what did they do? They switched. The white Republicans said, wait a minute, it's too many niggas joining. You see, the Republicans of right after slavery, when slavery was ending, a lot of the radical Republicans were saying, hey, you got to give these niggas 40 acres and a mule. The Democrats were talking about, no, don't give these niggas shit. They ruined our economy. They're not slaves anymore. They don't want to work for us for free anymore. What you giving these niggas shit for? The Republicans was like, man, we got to give them something. You, they built the country for free. America was nothing before we came. When we came to America as Europeans, we came for a free fucking ride. Shout out Dr. Claude Anderson pointing that out. We came for a free fucking ride and we had these Negroes built everything. There was nothing in America until, until these Negroes built it. So you got to give them something, give them a hundred acres, give them 40 acres and then give them a mule. General Sherman signed off on it. Like, okay, we got to give these niggas some Andrew Jackson said, fuck that. We ain't giving these niggas shit. He went down there, slaughtered a bunch of niggas in Florida. I talked about this a bunch anyway. So Biden knows these old baby boomer black folks. He knows a lot of them niggas. He's like, okay, yeah, they like symbolism. As long as I show them a high yellow nigga, you got to keep in mind a lot of niggas. When she first start coming around, when you first start hearing about Kamala, think about it. A lot of niggas was looking at her like, man, she don't look too bad. I'm talking about like right. maybe 10 years ago. You, when you, when black folks, nah, didn't know she was a bad bitch. She, I mean, I, myself, I mean, when you first seen her, we 10 years ago, yeah, them pictures. I mean, Montel was fucking with her. We, All the money he had. That's what I'm saying. We, we don't, we didn't, we were too, I'm going to say this. Black folks, we, young black, I'm saying our generation. You're in our generation. We were old enough to know in high school and before that, like, man, shit, where the fuck is my 40 acres? But we really didn't know how to articulate and dissect it. So when we seen her, we just like, oh, she's she looking straight. That's how, that's how a lot of niggas look at Fanny now. Like, oh, she's a little older, but she's kind of straight. So, you know, black, he knew his demographic. He pulled on the strings. Did you see how happy Al Sharpton and all them old ass niggas w- was looking when Kamala showed up talking about collard greens and shit like that during the, when they slaughtered, when that race soldier slaughtered all those black folks in Buffalo, they didn't want to give no anti-black racism crime bill or nothing. You don't even hear about that shooting no more. Kamala came. They, oh, they tried to wash that out of the, they, 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 they tried to wash that they away. They're out. So they know the demographic. All them niggas in the church, mark my damn words, all them niggas in the church, they adopt that. They're like, okay, this high, because all most of them old niggas, they just want them a high yellow thing. They ain't like dark-skinned women. They just said, let me get me a high. So, so they're thinking back they old days, like, man, if I could just hit that one more time. That's how they're looking at it. So they're like, yeah, I'll vote for her. She talking about collard greens. They don't really want anything specific. Our generation is like, damn it, give us our 40 acres, give us some tangibles. You sending all our money to Ukraine. We're speaking truth to power. We're not shucking and jiving, and we're really not with the forced coonery nor the voluntary coonery. Our generation is a generation where we're like, man, fuck that. You ain't going to talk shit at me at my motherfucking job. I'll get another one. And I'm going to let you talk about your story about the job, about you, about that too. But so, so you got to think. Fannie Willis, if she plays her cards right, she could fuck around and be governor. You know, she's pro-police. The police union backed her to get on. 
And she no, sounds but she's like murdered. You. She is police. She's police. She's she's super police. So younger, better looking. Yeah. So she's gonna be the next. You know, like I said, I could see if Biden ain't gonna win this next time. But what I'm saying is, if, if there was another Democrat that won, that's kind of like Biden that won the next presidency, I could see um her trying to tap. I could see them trying to tap Fanny and saying, "Listen, wouldn't you like to run as VP?" you know, foundational black Americans descended to slaves, they're going to say, Hey, you're descended. They're not going to be able to use a three trick money. They're going to say, but see, it's going to be people like us. That's going to say, well, wait a minute. You said you like the Rico. You're, you're, you're pro 12. And it's not, what I'm saying is don't, don't let Atlanta just run rampant with crime. But what I'm saying is, is you don't have any Rico for race soldiers. Uh, Rayshard Brooks, Soon as soon as Fanny beat Paul Howard, Paul Howard was a black DA. He was he was on code. He was an Okun. He charged those race soldiers for shooting that brother in Wendy's when they burned it down. I know you heard about that. It was a brother. He was running from the police. They shot him in the back. They said that they, they spit on him and kicked him. I'm not sure, but man, niggas burnt the Wendy's down. I mean, they rioted a little bit. He charged them, man. All them coon-ass police, coon police chief down there, they were mad as hell at Paul Howard. Paul Howard was a real nigga. He was like Marion Barry. All the hood rats and all the dusty dudes, they voted Powered out, and they got Fanny in. Now, listen to this, what she said, and, I'll, and I'm going to go to the next article, and then I'll get your analysis. Oh, my God. She got another charge. Doug got another fucking charge. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, look, listen to this. She said she didn't hold back on her message to those in gangs. She flat out told him to get out of Fulton County. I will not negotiate with gang members. We're going to find you and send you to prison. And I'm not apologizing for that. That's Kamala talk. What do you think about reparations, Kamala? I'm not going to do anything for black people. No, that's why she initially lost. That's how Biden had to say, okay, wait a minute. Let's get her to run VP. There ain't really nobody else. Not only did not only did she have a little, she had political background. She's not as bright as what people think. She's really not. When you listen to her, she ain't that bright. But Biden said, "Wait a minute." She ran against me. She couldn't take California. This is my only last straw for the black vote. And she's high yellow, so I can I can get that subconscious vote. I can get that Negro subconscious vote. That Clyburn Al Sharpton vote. I could get those niggas to vote for her because they always wanted to find them and bang, they always want to bang a high yellow chick. They always wanted that. So that, that reminds them of their old days. Cold, cocaine, Cadillac, and white women. You see what I'm saying? So they remind yeah, her exactly. of that. Now, she says, or, or right here, this, this article says, high-profile home invasions have plagued Metro Atlanta for years. Willis says the invasions were gang activity. Sandy Springs police camera video from July shows four men as they're arrested for breaking into a home that belongs to a woman who rapper future shares a child with. Very interesting. Sometimes like in Mariah Carey's case, the victim is not home. Willis said, unfortunately, sometimes they are home and they don't mind using violence. Now, you know, I'm not with the home invasion shit. And I clearly showed you on a text on why you get coming here. It's going to be a problem. But anyway, there was 26 suspected gang members indicted for the invasion. 18 are in custody, five still out there. 
the more than 200 page indictment indicates the incident started in 2018 involving suspected drug rich gang members. Several face Rico charges, which Willis says helps produce the process. So yeah, the Rico, if you name yourself, if you say, well, Hey, this is the DP Solomon gang. And we going around stealing bottles of beer. That's a Rico. Just, yeah, it, 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 it could be. It could be a Rico. If if I'm if I'm right now, okay, we're we're on a podcast, but you're calling from a phone. If I hang up this damn podcast right now, and I, and if I get on the phone and say, "Hey, man, there's a, a beer company. Let's go take the truck." Just the fact that we sat and conspired to do it—that's the conspiracy. See, that's where the that's where they hit people from. The conspiracy. You premeditated to do it. And see, that's what a lot of these Negroes don't understand. If you do a crime, nigga, you shouldn't even be talking about it. And if you talk about it, it shouldn't be on no phone. It shouldn't be on nothing digital. You see what I'm saying? And see. Yeah, it shouldn't be on none of that. But what they do, and, bro, I mean, I really don't know what to say. Motherfuckers be on Instagram. Man, this is a Solomon DP gang, and we about to go to the club, and we going to rob these niggas. Ignorant. That's conspiracy right there. That's conspiracy. You ain't even got to go do it. Just the fact that y'all talked about doing it. If they put it like this, if we pull up to the club and niggas come out with their chains on, yeah, we going to rob these niggas, man. They, they come to do a show. If they find out that we did it, and like you said, well, how did they find out? How did they find out? Somebody got pinched. Yeah, man, DP and Solomon, man, they about to go up here and do this, this, that, and the third. Well, how'd you hear about that? Well, check, you know, check this message I sent. So he could get off the Rico by telling and saying, well, yeah, I provided with, uh, you know, I provided information. And then, like you said, he could say, well, I didn't know exactly where they was going to go, but I heard they was going to do it. So I ain't on papers. The invisible snitch. Can we come? Can we come coin that? You said the invisible snitch. Like, okay, I'm not on papers. Yeah, I can't say I'm. That's a what they call him. That's what. Uh, that's what Gunner is. I'm the translucent rat. Translucent nigga. Translucent invisible rat. So now that's the um. Yeah, go ahead. Now, now there was another case. See, I mean, they really stacking the deck. They making it to where. Okay, they said gonna. But there was something else. There was supposed to be. Now, look, okay, now Gunner's doing 500 hours of community service, including 350 hours with young men about the hazards of the Memorial Games. The same thing T.I. did. He's just going to go to the to, in the hood and talk to niggas. That's all he's going to do. He's just going to hang out in the neighborhood and tell people, you shouldn't uh, be doing crime. Now, the jury selection for uh, YSL's RICO trial is scheduled for January 4th. The trial is scheduled to begin January 9th. So... It looks like I'm trying to find where they said there's new charges. There's supposed to be new charges. Yeah, there's supposed to be new charges. They said thug is supposed to get new charges. Let's look at that real quick. Oh yeah. After this fresh information they just got from Gunner or information they can now prove. Yeah, they're going to have a whole lot of new charges for that young man. 
Like I said, it ain't looking good for him, bro. His lawyers ain't going to tell him that because they want his money. And you have to understand, you can only take a plea deal if you're offered one. Feel what I'm saying? Right. You can't just wake up and just say, well, I'm going to take a plea deal. They ain't even offered you. They haven't even told you what they what evidence they got. They haven't even given you a court date. So for Gunner to get released, his lawyer's got to be telling him, hey, man, he talked. So There's no way. Got, so Gunner would have only got five. I'm saying if Gunner would have held his ground, he all he would have got was five, man, for them weak-ass all, 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 Hold on. Listen to what you're saying. Five what? Five years? Years? Yeah. Man, come on. That's a lot. <laughs> and then they know. What the fuck are you talking about? Only five. Shit. And he's young and rich, and he probably got a girl and a kid and all that. Get the fuck out of here. You a street nigga. And they know, they know he wasn't involved. Sergio Kitchens was not involved in the gang shit. Why his ass is out. But here's what they knew. They know that you know. So here's what we're going to do, Gunner. We're going to lock your ass up for a whole fucking year. And we're not going to even talk to you. We don't even have, we don't even want a statement from you. We don't give a fuck. Man, one day we're going to walk in and we're going to tell you, look, man, this and this is about to happen. You about to go to all this shit Young Thug did and these niggas was doing. You about to go down with that shit. Or you could tell us how this happened, this happened, and this happened. Tell us who was involved, when it happened. Give us all that info. And then to make it look good, Admit that you was a part of YSL and then we'll release your ass for Christmas. Bet. What, what, what y'all want to know? That's After a, sitting there for a whole year. That's a sweet deal. That's how they do it. They did Takashi the same way. When he when he did all that time he did, he did that time. They never offered him a It's not like he didn't snitch. They never offered him to snitch. Just sit your ass in jail, you and inmate. We'll talk to you when we're ready to talk to you. We know if we let you sit here and simmer, and simmer and simmer. When we do come talk to you, we'll have no problem. You'll be ready to get the fuck out of here. Now look at this. They said he was charged with one count of racketeering as part of the massive indictment, essentially accused of dealing drugs and stolen merchandise. Like, that's a bullshit charge. That's a he got a year. Charge. That year, the year that he did that, you talking about Gunner? Yeah. Yeah, that's just to make it look good, man. Because like he, like I said, he, he's telling them, hey, I got a career. I'm trying to do I got my family. I don't want to get in any trouble, this and that. So, look, I'll tell y'all what y'all want to know. But it's got to be done in a creative way where it don't look like I snitched and there ain't no paperwork. So when he's pressed, you're going to hear. He's going to say, where's the paperwork if I snitch? Now, listen to this. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Listen to this. So the court hearing comes less than 24 hours after another Atlanta rapper gunner, blah, blah, blah. He also... Okay, now listen now now listen to this. This right here might help Thug a little bit. This is very important. He will also not have to testify against any of the others charged in the RICO. On Thursday, there was a motion by the defense attorney for Thug to dismiss his case, but the judge denied that motion just after 6 p.m. In the hearing, the judge was weighing well, I knew they were gonna do that. The judge was weighing whether to admit certain evidence in the trial in January. Prosecution argued that the court did not find that the entry to his home was unlawful in which they seized evidence in a warrant pertaining to Thug, which included a cell phone that supposedly contained evidence pertaining to the case. The defense, however, chimed back saying that the entry to, into Young Thug's home was unlawful. 
Here, see, we're talking about the Constitution. We're talking about search and seizure. If he got a good-ass lawyer, he ought to be able to rip this shit in shreds. Good Meaning luck. that everything that was seized inside the home should not have been taken and should have been suppressed and promptly returned to him. Young Thug got some good news Thursday as the judge ruled the cell phone will not be admissible for evidence in the upcoming trial. He better pray ain't shit on that phone. That is a good damn motion. That's a damn good motion. Yeah, that's a slightly good one, but you got to understand, he got some good news Thursday. He got some horrible news Thursday to hear that Gunner's released. Because he's, he's got to know Gunner Kate is not getting released without talking. The reason they say, oh, we don't need no cell phones and we don't need this and that. We got what we need, homeboy. Because guess what? Now, so they already asked uh, Gunner, who was, what, when this certain incident happened, who was there? Oh, this guy there is just, all right, we're going to go press them. They're the ones who are going to tell on Young Thug. This is very crafty and creative. Gunner probably told them motherfuckers, look, I will tell y'all what y'all want to know, but if I ever get pressed, he's going to say, where's the paperwork if I snitch? Now, if I snitch, where's the paperwork? Now, I got to play. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play you some shit and see what you think. Listen to this. I had to just let him know, like, hey, bro, I don't, I don't fuck with you because he tried to do a song with me through my manager. And it's like, huh? Wait, what? Oh, you tried to do a song after he made those comments about you? Right. Oh, wow. So he made the comments a long time ago. Long, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe years ago. Years ago. And he thought I forgot. You must be a Virgo, man. That stayed on your mind. Like, all right, I'm a no, he's a Gemini. Oh, I'm Gemini. a Gemini. My manager, Virgo. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't forget. I don't. If if I got a problem with you, and from five years ago, it's 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 still, mm-hmm. you know, it don't change. It could be ten years later. I'm gonna get you. It's just like that. Like that's how I like just treat things. Like I don't want to fuss and fight. Are right, you just we we It's all it's okay. It ain't no. Now that was a response to to, to, to Freddie Kane basically saying, "Nigga, you was on Crime Stoppers." Now. Here's now. Here's the thing about the Crime Stoppers. Let me see if I can I can pull it up. Hold on. Wake that ass up. The breakfast. I'm nervous. I pump like I've really been at the house a lot. End up working out where I can sell with my Gemini sign. Like <laughs> get you indicted. <laughs> yeah, I ain't, I can't say nothing crazy at all. And what about now? Talk about this documentary. What's the documentary about? It's showing how unapologetic. My kind of. Okay, I, I ain't gonna go through all that. It's a whole video for that. But here here's here here's him on CNN. I mean, it's it's a murder case. No one wants to go down for it. No one. Devani Benton's younger cousin, Sergio Kitchens, says Benton is on trial for murder simply because his friends turned on him. Just go to just go to see like you ain't got no real friends out here. You know what I'm saying? I learned from that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm not happy that it that it happened, but you know what I'm saying? I'm I was I'm kinda good to see the be on the outside looking in. Kitchens is now a member of the neighborhood rap group SPC, known as Shady Park Click, like his cousin once was. That's why that's why it's come back to that that's that street word, snitch. No one's wanna be labeled as a snitch. Mm. I don't want to tell on him because somebody might c- try to come kill, kill me or someone in my family. Kitchen says Benton first lied to police. All right, wait a minute. You just heard all that right there. Somebody might Did c- you hear try that? to come kill, kill me or someone. 
So he didn't okay. say. Okay. All said, right. I don't so here's tell. the fact. He said, I don't want to tell because I believe in street code. He didn't say that. He said, I don't right want to tell. So look. Exactly what I told you. Now, look. So here's the feds. I'm the feds. And he just said that to me. All right. We're going to make sure that none of this is documented. And you'll never be labeled as a snitch. But you got to tell us exactly what the fuck you know. Who was there? So once we find out who else was there, we'll go press them. So we got you. But you got to let us know. He just he, Everything I just told you, he just said on that on that little clip. Mm. everything right there. Everything I just told you how is that's the new way that they, they realizing now that people aren't trying to talk to that extent because they know it's, it's against their family. If somebody, if, if I thought my mom and dad or my mom was going to get killed or something, if I, if I, you know what I mean? Did this and that, I wouldn't, I'd be more inclined to not do it. So they're realizing that now. So that's why, all right, just tell us what we need to know. We'll do our own back investigation on it, and we'll let you go once we can confirm everything. So they probably say, hey, when Pookie got killed, Gunna, who was there? Or did Young Thug order to kill you? Young Thug ordered uh, Lil Pookie to do it. Oh, he told Lil Pookie to do it. All right. So what they'll do is then they'll go to Lil Pookie, and they'll press his ass. He ain't got no money or nothing. They'll press him. All right. Young Thug told you to do this? Yeah, yeah. He told me, all right, we need to testify, and then we'll only give you 10 years. Bet. Okay, boom. Now, what do Over you think with. about this here? I want, you, I want to play something. Rats right, a rap. Hey, what's happening, y'all? He ain't getting no Some good news. call me Till, but this is about another. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Some people call me Till, but this is about another kind of Till. That can help our mothers, our sisters, our brothers, and our fathers help get the perpetrators who commit crimes against them off the streets. All you got to do is call Crime Stoppers Atlanta. Tips can be anonymous, and there's even a reward. The number to Crime Stoppers Atlanta is 404-577. Now, that was part of his deal. You remember he got caught with all them guns. He didn't do that on his own. That was part of the deal. Remember when T.I. Yeah. Got, got in trouble and he was on Crime Stoppers? You know, going on Crime Stoppers, if, if, if you if you from the streets, that's a no-no. We know that. Oh, they, don't you think the feds know that? So they make that a part of your plea deal to, to demoralize you. Here's some more. Footage. I mean, everybody's really. At first, I was like, well, maybe. Because you're telling the feds. You're, you're telling the feds, I'm not a street dude, right? That's what he's. That's what these kids are telling the feds. No, I'm not a street dude. It's just I'm just a rapper. Okay, if you're not a real street dude, go on crime. Go on Crime Stoppers then, <laughs> since it's not going to hurt your credibility, right? Go on there. That's a part of your plea. And then you can, you know, you can get. Yeah, that's. It. I mean, he, they know what they're doing, man. And so you, if you're Ti, you, he's already convinced or trying to convince the DA that he's not a gangster. He just plays one on TV. Oh, okay. And go on Crime Stoppers then. And you said Young uh, Gunner was on Crime Stoppers too. Man, he he was on in the like past. A, it was like a news show, or it was, it was crime. It, I don't. Yeah, know yeah. So Stoppers. he's got a history of telling. I mean, when you go on Crime, when you go on Crime Stoppers, you, that's a part of uh, of your plea. So when when you got into trouble, they say, okay, then we want you to go on Crime Stoppers too. You know, because if you're telling the DA. You're not a thug. You're not this. And what, it won't hurt you. Wow. Right? Think of that. And how's it going to hurt you? If you're telling the DA, I'm not a thug. I ain't no criminal. I ain't none of that. 
I'm just rapping and shit. Oh, okay, then go on Crime Stoppers, motherfucker. I mean, this ain't gonna hurt your credibility. Look, it's, it's everywhere. Everybody. Yo, what's going on? It's Mr. Day in the black. Say, I, well, I'm so happy. This is a boy, This is a great day in the black community. Gunner is out of prison. I never thought I would be happy to say, say, y'all, Gunner is out of prison. Now, I'm glad he got out by telling. <laughs> I think that was smart, Gunner. What did he say? <laughs> he said he's glad he got out of telling. <laughs> Charleston White knows he told. Oh, yeah, he, I mean, I'm it's a obvious. Fan now. You got, I'm you a talking about uh, Gunner uh, got I some heard. good news. He ain't get no Gunner, fucking Gunner, good Gunner, news. Gunner. That's the worst news he could ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, that day, Gunner, Gunner, Gunner. I'm gonna tell, nigga. What? I'm the new Gunner. Yeah. <laughs> Unless the- Young Thug is dumb enough to think he's gonna get released too. <laughs> like, oh, they releasing everybody. I'm gonna get out too. Oh no, buddy, that's not how it works. Oh, it was shit. your money that was circulating. All right, we got the, the dangle. The, who's Come that? Academics, let's get this live and get it clear. My energy is the same, nigga. I wanna punch, nigga. Yeah, I want to punch, but I'm trying to be nice. That's why Trey just came over here to calm me down as a big brother. Say, well, come on now. You got to think how bigger things is going with life. Baby, we can come down and see. Hey, look here. Don't get misconstrued or misconfused. I got the same energy. Trey just got me saying I want to punch for peace instead of punching for grease. I want to punch for peace. If you really talking about that, I'm talking about that. Second of all, black folk. I'm on y'all. Like, how's all the black folk in the world mad at 6 9 because he's snitching, but y'all still listening to gunner music, dripping and waving all this. He the fake dripping that he got going on, and he a whole snitch. It's publicly documented. Now don't y'all be no hypocrite fake like that. Y'all all on six nine, but y'all ready to hang with the slime, the snake and the rat and rats and snakes hanging together, snitching and snitch. Oh man, oh yeah, man. It's they told the truth, good. man. It, it's not looking. It's, it's good. looking horrible for Young Thug. There ain't no way. There ain't no way around that, yeah, man. It's a wrap. It's a it's, wrap. it's it's not good, man. Listen that young this. man is gonna have to deal with it. Listen, to this now he's denying it. And look, this is some old shit. Listen, to this. okay, guys. No, I do not. Do I talk about how to they video days with real bloods and case? See what I'm saying? For murder in 2010. The person in the comment where, section. Where does he deny? No, 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 no. I, I gotta find. Oh, I gotta find this. I gotta find this. They said Alfred plea. What the hell is the Alfred plea? He had to. He had to tell. Man, there's no way. Unless that scenario I told you happened, they just woke up and said, "You know what? We're gonna let you out, buddy." Before your court date. We even give you the court date. We're going to let you out. This, this, listen to that, DP. Think. You're charged. You're sitting in jail. They ain't even gave you a court date yet. But guess what? Oh, now we're just going to let you go. And let me ask ah, you about this. It. This this is an important. This happened on uh, a couple of days ago. Two, te- two teens charged with attempted murder of a police officer for shots fired during a chase in Brooklyn Center. So this is, you know, two kids at 18. Um, they charged, they said they charged with attempted murder of a, uh, of a police. They're fired at a deputy during a chase in Brooklyn center. According to the charge in the early morning of September 15th, this happened a minute ago, a Hennepin County deputy was helping other law enforcement with the search for a white sedan that left the scene of a 
reported robbery on 57th Avenue North and Emerson in Brooklyn Center. So basically, they start chasing it. Um, the vehicle went through stop signs to high speeds on city streets. Then the, the deputy heard gunfire. Well, you know, a lot of times they'll say it was gunfire, but it could have been like a, you know, uh, exhaust or whatever the case. But it, 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 either way, I'm trying to figure out if they're saying it's attempted murder of police officers for shots fired. How did these kids get away? I'm, I'm saying, how, how did they? Because, you know, usually when you if you shoot at a cop, man, they blowing you down. I mean, no, they're probably cautious now. Even if you shoot at a cop, nine times out of ten, if he shoots back, he's going to have a problem. There's a lot of pressure from the community, this and that. Any cop that shoots any, like, hey, man, like I said, if I was a cop right now, I wouldn't do shit. Anything could be misconstrued. You could even just be kind of kneeling on him a little bit to get him down. Oh, you're getting fired. You might do five years. Look at what they did to the little white boy. Cop. Them two, them, them cops besides uh, Tal and Chauvin, them other cops should have never went to jail. But they was involved. Cops are seeing that shit. They said, oh, we ain't fucking around, man. I don't care. I got a vest on. I'll just get away. I ain't shooting back. Listen to this. Yeah. We'll talk about this for a minute. Race soldiers are really taking an L. This officer, Aaron Dean is guilty of manslaughter. That is the lesser charge in this case, and that is significant. It's a very different verdict than a verdict of guilty on the murder charge in Texas in particular. Now, they didn't want to give my murder down in Texas because you know what murder means in Texas, right? You get... Yeah, what? Oh, man, you get... Now, this was in Fort Worth, Texas. That's why I said, man, shit, they had to send his ass to Ferguson. You was like, man, they ain't gonna send him to Ferguson. Ferguson unit is a facility that I heard about. Um, shout out to OG Percy tells from a crib. He, uh, OG Percy is a OG crib down there. Did a lot of time down there in, uh, in Texas. He's from Fort Worth, Texas. He always talks about how Fort Worth, Texas was the first city, um, in Texas that was known for gang banging. Um, so, you know, they probably started early just like Minneapolis and stuff. So, Whereas a lot of other places, probably like maybe New York came a little later, whatever the case may be, the Bloods and the Crips kind of got down there and they was doing his own thing. So he was a guy that was in doing time, had a lot of respect down there in the penitentiaries. Ferguson Unit's gladiator school. No rats are allowed. No predators are allowed. Um, the unit that he talked about, how they ran. Um, no punks. You know, if you cripping down there, you can't be, you know, bully. You can't be no punk. You can't deal with no punks. You can't be dealing with no other dudes. If you if you get caught, you a violation. And they kill a niggas left or right down there in Ferguson. Ferguson unit was pretty much the belly of the beast of the belly of the beast. It, they send you there when there ain't nowhere else. So, they're like you said, they're probably not going to send him to Ferguson. They gonna send him to a no, nah, not if one. he's got some kind of leverage or anything. He ain't going there. I mean, he like you said, he had no emotion, so he knew he was gonna get a sweet deal. And I want everybody on the bagland. He already bag. cut the deal. He already cut the deal. Now, he got found guilty in a trial, but when it comes to a lot of white people, especially white people, especially cops, black folks, anybody listening to me tonight right now, you gotta understand. 
when that murder charge came up and keep in mind, this was all white jury. Wasn't no black folks on the jury. And some people might say, well, there was an Asian person or Hispanic white. They voted white. That's all white jury. If ain't no black folks on that jury, that's all white jury. And they basically they said, all right, we going to hit them. We'll agree to the manslaughter, but we ain't going to send them one of our own kind to a murder charge because a murder charge in Texas or something like this, you're going to get a minimum 20. It ain't like in Minnesota. You got to stand on a nigga's neck and damn near lynch him in the middle of the street just to get 25 years. Like what happened to Floyd down there in Texas. If you, if you murder somebody, that's the minimum. You getting 20 out the rip. You ain't just going to get no, you know what I'm saying? You ain't just going to get no little five or 10 or nothing like that. No, they going to hit you. They're going to hit you over the head. They, oh yeah. They're they going to make you pay out they there. They're going to make you pay out there, man. They got capital murder out there and see their penitentiaries are different than the penitentiaries. Like we got ours is like cupcake. Our worst, our worst penitentiary. Cause that's where most people are locked up at. A lot of people don't know that Texas, California. That's where most people are locked up. Majority. Um, I mean, Texas is a, it's like a country into itself. They even talked about succeeding from the union some years back. I know them, them, them uh, right wing people were talking about that. Them conservatives were like, man, shit. They were like, fuck the USA. We'll, we'll just be, we'll be Texas. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, I mean, they, don't, they tried to, yeah, they tried to. And it's big enough. I mean, actually before Texas was even part of the United States, if we want to be technical before it became a part of the United States, a lot of these States that were large like that. Like if you, if you ever heard of the Louisiana <clears throat> territory, remember I did that show maybe a while, maybe what 40 episodes back about the Dred Scott North. The Dred Scott decision was not in the South. I always tell people all the time that the South gets a bad rap and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from all the lynchings and the stuff happening in the South. I'm not giving the South a pass. There were more lynchings in the North than people would ever know more sundown towns in the North than the people were ever known. Because what a lot of people will say is, well, it was better up North when niggas left the South. No, it wasn't. It, 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 it was white supremacy for foundational blacks all around. It's just that black folks felt like, well, hell, if I'm dealing with some white supremacists down here in Mississippi, I'll just deal with some white supremacists in New York or California and just get a bigger bag because there was more economic opportunity. So we kind of moved from place to place. Cause we like, okay, if I'm going to be dealing with this shit, I'll just go somewhere else. And maybe, yeah, it's going to be a bunch of white supremacists. It's going to be racism, but maybe I could set something up for my children a little better. That That's how niggas was thinking, bro. So, you know, um, the Dred Scott North. I always talk about the Dred Scott North. This was Dred Scott was a brother from the South. He escaped, I think, and went up North into what they call the Minnesota, the Wisconsin territory, which was Minnesota, Wisconsin. You see what I'm saying? He came up here. He came up here like, Hey, I'm free. And the Supreme court was like, no, nigga, you ain't free. And he's like, well, no, I'm, I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I went up North. I, I'm not a slave anymore. I'm free. You know what they told that nigga? This was a Northern court. Nigga, we don't have to abide by a white man does not have to abide by any, uh, respect of a black man. Don't matter where you is, nigga. 
get back into get back in your cage. So, you know, but we we didn't know that a kid, even at South High, we didn't even know that. We didn't know that in elementary school or none of that type of shit. We thought Red Scott was way down somewhere in Mississippi. No, that nigga came up here, got free, and the Supreme Court, the white Supreme Court basically told him, no, nigga, uh, we don't have to... Uh, we don't have to abide by any respects to a black man. They got mad. Uh, uh, Huckabee had mentioned that some, some Republican named Huckabee said the Dred Scott rule still applies. And a lot of people, Ron like, Huckabee, Mike Huckabee. Yeah. Mike Huckabee, Mike Huckabee. They got mad because he, he ran said, for president. He said the Dred Scott rule still applies. And a lot of the little white liberals and the little liberal motherfuckers got mad, said, man, oh dear, you say something like that. And he was telling the truth. He was telling the truth. It was, you know, I mean, it does. I mean, you got Floyd, you got Philando Castile, you got the other nigga that was over north that was beating on his girlfriend. They smoked his ass. Um, there, there was a bunch of shit going on. You see what I'm saying? It's, a, it's a lot of shit. 1982, I believe there was a lynching in Duluth. They lynched some niggas in the 1930s. Like, man, ain't there's more sundown towns in the north than in the south by far. I mean, there's still some, you know. But back to Texas, though. Anyway. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, down there, they, they don't have, they're not very liberal on time, but I still believe that he's going to get two and a half to five. I think he's going, he's too fucking calm, bro. You told me on the phone a little bit ago, he's too calm. There's no emotion. He knows he got a sweet deal. Two and a half to five at the max. That's all he's going to get. Nah, he knows when he was sitting there and the verdict quote unquote was being read. He already knew what it was. He already known that in the back in the chamber. It's all about now he's negotiating his housing, getting his right housing. Because you got to understand when a black man is sitting in there, everybody's mad with him when he's charged. When a white dude is being charged for doing something to somebody black, there's going to be sympathy from other white people and race soldiers because they, they can understand, quote unquote. I understand. So everybody mad with him. Mm-mm. Not at all. But he was mad with him. They're going to cut him a deal. Now his lawyer is going to figure out what's the best place for him to be, where his family can see him, visit him. And, you know, they setting all that up right now. Where's the best secured, secure place for him where he can be all right? And where can he be where he's not around niggas? Because mm. he, you know what I mean? That's going to be the most important thing. They're going to house him somewhere where there's a lot of whites. Area, them Aryan nation, them ball headed white dudes that be in jail prison. Yeah. They're going to love them. Oh, yeah. You kill a nigga, you're cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's they like of, you. That, that's so a, that's a he's not going to go nowhere in that, general population. That's a serial hood hitter. That's a serial <laughs> hood hitter initiation. Like, remember right. out, out here. And see, again, that reinforces my statement that I made earlier. Well, you know the South and this, that, and the third. No, the North. Let's talk about the North. Let's talk about the Jim Crow North. Or should I, should I say one, my, the, what I quoted and coined the Dred Scott North? Let's talk about the Dred Scott North. You remember when Chauvin was locked up? There was some lawsuits and some investigations going on in which he was being provided cell phones. Do you remember that? Yeah. And they told the black. And Hispanic officers, hey, you know, this whole George Floyd thing, hey, you 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 Hispanics and you Negroes, we, we don't really believe 
that you're going to be able to emotionally uh, be around Chauvin. You're not going to be able to take it. Basically, you're not professional. You ain't able to do your job. So he had a bunch of white guards being around him and somebody slipped him a cell phone. And on that call, I could only suspect that they said, job well done, kid. Oh, that was the, that, that person on that phone yeah. was somebody connected. That, that wasn't no rent. I mean, who are you talking to on that phone? It ain't easy to get no cell phone in Minnesota like that. No, unless you a cop, yeah. he probably worked with those, 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 uh, prison guards. Yeah, man. He worked with the prison guards. They were sympathetic to his cause. And I think from the outside, somebody, <coughs> cause remember, you always told me this. You said, who picks the jury? We seen who was protecting his home. You remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. You seen that. That's a, that, that's clan County. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, you had all these non-identifying suspected race soldiers. You didn't know who these people were. You didn't know if they were cops. They weren't identifying themselves. They all had helmets on and they surrounded his home to make sure that pull up summer was or pull up. Some, the pull up wasn't really going to work. They weren't going to let nobody, you know, throw rocks or eggs and stuff at his house. You remember that? Remember that? That was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was Blue Lives Matter. I seen it. And out here where I'm at, bro, I see, you know, even when I go to Cub Foods, it's a lot of Blue Lives Matter. It's a lot of the Blue Lives Matter. And like you told me, you said, hey, DP, anytime you see that sign on somebody's car, they're basically saying, hey, the hell with niggas. You, Especially if they're in the hood. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're letting you know I'm not, I'm not for the black side of that. You I'm riding with the police right now, you know? Right. I, I They're letting you know that off top. I want you to be able to shoot niggas and get away. That's what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. Oh, these niggas are crazy. These niggas are uncontrollable. You have to. You have to. They don't listen. Yep. They don't you stay know, in their that place. That kind of mentality. They don't stay in their place. Now, I want to I play some more footage of this. We'll go on to the next thing. Aaron Dean guilty of manslaughter in the shooting death of Tatiana Jefferson. Uh, it, looking at a sentence, uh, I understand uh, un, under Texas law of anywhere between two, the low end of tw to the top end of 20 years. Now he said the top end of 20. We know it's not going to be 20. He said two. Now remember what I said. Yeah, I that's said just five. A crowd of people. Two to two. I to say five. I say two. Two. That's it. What, two. Bro, yeah. They might even cut a deal. They might even say, man, hey, man, house arrest. What Deal's already been cut. Well, he was sitting in there emotionless because he already knew everything. It's just this is—they just told him this is just a show, you know. That's all over with. But I want to tell you this story about uh, where I was working at. I can't really mention any, you know, names or oh, anything. Cool. But yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a story. This story is going to illustrate today's young people. Okay, so the place I worked at, as a you know, I worked at had a lot of young people there. Okay. So to tell you, to, to give you context on the story, there's a couple that works at the store. One works morning, one works night. Okay? So remember that to the story. Right. Okay. So I'm working with the gal at night. She has it out with another employee. The other employee doesn't really speak English too well. And from where he's at, the place where he's from in the 
in Africa, you know, you don't hear about no women yelling at him, you know. So he was taken aback. He told the girl he was going to knock her out. Okay? Mm. So when he did that, she went home and told her boyfriend. Oh, okay. Who works mornings. So I come in at night. He's getting ready to leave as I come in. And he's telling me, you know, I'm getting ready to fix up this guy that told my girl he was going to knock her out. So I tell him, hey, man, it ain't worth fighting over. You know what I mean? I was like, just, you know, see him one day away from the job and go handle it. He goes, nah, I'm going to handle it. So I stay away from it because that's a guy's girl. And the dude was out of line for saying he's going to knock her out. Right. Okay. Now I come back outside a couple minutes later. This same kid that said he was going to knock him out. Now he's loading up his gun. Oh, okay. So I walk out and I'm talking with him. I say, hey, man, what are you doing? I said, you're going to go to prison over a comment the guy made? I said, won't you put the gun away and just fight him? Right. This is an exact quote from the young man. I don't fight, I kill. Whoa, okay. This is an exact quote. Very cowardly. Yeah, so you know what I did? I clocked out and I went home. I would have too. Because he pulled the gun on the, on the other worker as the worker was coming into work. He pulled the gun on him outside. Then he came back in the facility. When he came back in the facility, I clocked out and left. So when he pulled the gun out, did he point it at him and start talking shit, or how'd it go? Yeah, he pointed at him and started talking shit, and then the guy hurried up and got back in his vehicle. That was very dangerous. Very dangerous, very cowardly, because, you know, I know, <coughs> like me, if you, man, you pull a pipe out on me, when I see you again, I mean, hey, man, you know, like... Yeah, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, you know, But so, not just that, just think of the mentality. If somebody makes a comment to your girl that's out of pocket, so instead of a comment, you know, checking them or something, you're just, your only action in life is to shoot them. I was trying to reason with the kid. I even told him, I even went as far as to tell the kid, you about to go to jail for 25 years for this girl and then she's going to have a new boyfriend in three months. That's a fact. Now, yeah, now who's real? Who really going crazy? He was like, my girl ain't never going to leave me. Once he started talking like that, I realized he was ignorant. So I just let it go, you know? I never really worked with him. I worked with his girl. That simp talk. He was a simp. Yeah, you can nothing you can do. Oh, definitely a simp. There's nothing you could do for him. Definitely a simp that was getting ready to go to prison. Luckily, a crowd of people. Who knows? He could have accidentally. To me, it looked like he was just trying to scare him. But, hey, man, you don't never know who else got a pipe. Yeah, he could have pulled down on the Or illegal. Now, if that guy. That other worker had a legal pipe. He could have killed him. Right there. Yeah, and then yeah. you being the manager, you know what I'm saying? You would have to get Oh, I'd have had to testify. And, yeah, all that bullshit. Like, and that's oh, yeah, up. and then, oh, you seen him with the gun, and you didn't call the police. Oh, it would have been some shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, 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 now, that's now, why now, I would have up and went home. Now, all this stuff, they ain't paying you enough for that. Now, if they was paying you three, four 400000 a year, you might be like, all right. Oh, yeah. But... I did. I'd have been in there. I'd have had a gun detector before the niggas even come in. But you that kind of money they was paying me, I got out of there yeah, quick. But, but that goes to show you the mentality of today's generation. I told him, hey, man, put the gun away. Get your, blow your fists up. And when he comes, just punch him. Now, once I seen he got the gun, I'm trying to encourage him to fight. Right. right. At first, I was encouraging him to let it go. 
But then once I seen him loading up his gun and shit, I said, all right, let me try to defuse this as best I can. Now, was he reasoning with you? Like, was he trying to get buck or was he just kind of awesome? No, no, he wasn't getting buck with me at all. But, I mean, it had he had he been doing that, I wouldn't have talked crazy to him. Right. He looked unstable and then he put a mask on, oh. which I thought was stupid because, I mean, like, yeah, you work here. <laughs> so, I mean, how are you, you know? I didn't understand what he was thinking, you know? Because the, the guy starts at 5 o'clock. Oh, the guy he was waiting on, so... It was about four fifty. He's pacing around the store. Now he put on a, like a mask, ski mask. I'm thinking, what is this guy trying to do? Is he trying to hide his identity when he can? Now I've already seen the gun, but I'm working because I'm thinking he's outside, you know. So he pulls it on the guy. They have a little tussle or whatever, and then he comes back in the store. When he came back in the store, that's when I went home. Yeah, I said this guy's unstable. He might just turn around and just start popping everybody. Yeah, and then he, you know, because, you know, he, he, you're looking at very simpish behavior. Now, you got to think about it. For this man to be able to take time off to sit there and not do anything physically, because, see, here's the thing. Like, if, 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 if my wife tells me, man, that somebody didn't got mouthy or is being disrespectful to her, whatever the case may be, you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm not about to, for, for one, I ain't bringing no pipe. And I, I have this rule, man. If I got to bring some shit, and especially if I pull it, if I'm pulling, I'm popping. So I, I, I'm not going to bring my, I'm not going to even bring it to that kind of level or whatever the case may be. I had a situation some years back where my wife calls me and tells me it, it something happened or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I get off work. I'm looking for the nigga in the neighborhood. Can't find him. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, there's a certain way you got to go about doing things. You know, I'm not a big rah-rah person anyway. At that time, in the mind state I was at, I was pissed off. So, I'm trying to find this nigga. Can't find him. So, you know, you know how you're mad? And then, you know, as you go along and stuff, your, your temperature's going down. You see what I'm saying? So you're like, okay, well, I don't see this person, whatever the case may be. They, they ain't around. So my thing was, I was just going to, I was going to walk up when I seen him, hop out of my car, and I'm, I'm going to holler at him first. Now, if the nigga immediately starts getting defensive and gets bucked, I said, I'm going to slap him. That, that, that's what's what I'm on my mind. I'm going to slap the fuck out this nigga because he, he's just giving him an understanding. If he tries to get bucked and this, that, and the third, I'm going to slap the fuck out this nigga. Because I know nine times out of ten, somebody like that, they ain't never had no discipline. If he really tries, right. if he gets bucked, if he gets bucked more than that, if he tries to fight back or whatever, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna waylay his ass. But then, here's another part you got to think about. If you live in the neighborhood, you probably gonna have to smoke this nigga because he's coming back with a gun. He's not gonna want to fight you. So, all in all, when you look at that dynamic, you have to think about different perspectives. You see what I'm saying? Now, dude, he's simping so hard. And see, that woman is looking at that too. Like, okay, this is your job. Yeah, this person might have did this, did that. Yeah. But 
it's like the Will Smith syndrome. Every time somebody says that, now some people say, well, maybe she should have went to the supervisor. I'm not big on going to the supervisor. But the thing is, you shouldn't have brought your pipe. That's a he's at work. He ain't got no pipe on him. You could have waylaid his ass and never came back to the job. You could have been thinking like me, like, okay, well, if I beat this nigga up, he's probably gonna try to shoot me. So if you work at this place, that that's definitely not a way to handle it. And here's another thing that people don't look at it from this perspective. And I'm gonna give everybody listening on the Bagland podcast a little bit of game. Nigga, if you working at the same place your girl's working at, you ain't got her in the right position. Can I get a hand clap? Go ahead. If, if you, that means y'all making the same amount of money. If you got her working in the same place you working and you ain't on and you don't own that damn business, if she ain't like the secretary or whatever, the bill or co-business owner, you're dusty. DP, Bagland DP, that's a that's a generalization. No, you're dusty. You dusty as hell. If she if you working in the same place your woman's working, that's the place you talking right. about. They ain't really making money all like that. Because if you really had a lot to offer her, she wouldn't be working in the first place. If you, if we really, really want to get down to some real true game here, so yeah, that that that's a that's a prime example, man, of pretty much dis uh dis um dislocating your leverage and, and diminishing your leverage because if he's doing that for for somebody like that, like I know this ain't no big time corporate position, and I'm not trying to down nobody, bro, but if she's if she's working there. And because it it could be, think about this, bro. You you told you try to really give him game. You said, hey man, if you do some time, she's gonna be off with the next nigga. He really doesn't know, bro, that if a nigga that seen her and kind of took a liking to her, pulled up in a nicer ride than he got, making more money than him, doesn't he know that she might decide to choose? Right. He ain't thinking she, in them jerks. He's not looking. I at told him. That. I said, "Hey, man, you gonna do twenty five years for for this woman, and she gonna have a whole new boyfriend in three months? She seen how you gonna feel then? She seen that as a weakness too. She didn't tell him that. But the thing is, is she's just waiting for a better deal. You came up to my job. I told you that this man that did this, and you came up to my job willing to risk your life." And possibly other people, rather than putting hands and feet on this nigga. She's already looking at him as a simp. She knows she has. She knows what she has. Women, they know what they have, bro. She knows she has a simp. Like we talked about the Will Smith Jada thing, and I want to talk about that a little bit. She knows what she has. She knows what she got, man. And you know she she's gonna work it. But she didn't really respect him after that. Cause she's like, damn, this nigga didn't even put hands and feet. But that's what a lot of these women are ended up with. You know, niggas that can't, can't put hands and feet. They just want to go get a gun and pretty much throw their life away. So you don't have a situation anyway. There's a new movie that came out called emancipation. Um, I'm pretty sure you've seen this photo as we were kids. It's about, uh, I think his name is, um, Solomon Norcrop. I think that was his name. It was a brother that was enslaved and it was a picture where you seen where he had the the whip marks on his back. You've probably seen it's a very distinctive picture that is is very well known, but we don't really know a lot about the history. 
and they say Will Smith produced it. So it's released on Apple TV. He's releasing it for free so people could. You know, he's trying to get his thing together. Um, after the, the the Chris Rock slap, and we got on him pretty hard because you know he's he he displayed a lot of very simpish behavior in his, in his past. However. I, I'm, I'm, I can't side with Hollywood. They've been given some funny style reviews where they start talking more about the slap than the actual movie and this, that, and the third. And I heard a lot of foundational blacks is, you know, a lot of foundationals. They, they were talking about the trailer. Like, you know, Will maybe should have looked at it a little bit more. They, they gave the nigga a real African accent when he probably didn't have that. So they, they see that, you know, people have their comments, but here's my thing. Here's my thing on it. I'm not going, I'm going to go see the movie. I'm going to pay for it. Cause I, I want to hear about Solomon Northrup at the same time. It's like, you're still punishing nigga, this nigga for slapping somebody. He already apologized. You took him out the damn, what we call it. What, uh, the, the Academy and shit like that. It's like, okay, now what they're doing is you're tying this nigga to the whipping post. I can't co-sign that. That's race soldier mentality. He's one of the greatest actors right. that we've had in the last 30, 40 years next to Denzel Washington. He's a great actor. Yeah, he might have did some simp shit. Um, it might have been... He's trying have to make a little comeback. You know, so he's trying to make a comeback and you're judging... You're, the first thing they do is they start tearing down, talking about... What, so I'm not going to co-sign that. I'm just not. I, I'm not going to co-sign you basically telling... telling you know, uh, rotten tomatoes and all these little critics. Me, I'm, I'm, I, I'm old enough now where I know better where I'm like, fuck the critics. We're black people. Foundational or non-foundational. We as black people around the world, whatever you, you want to call yourself a foundational or a Hebrew or is whatever the hell you want to call yourself. We have contributed to this planet more than any other race on the planet. We're the original people of the planet. This is documented. This ain't just DP talking. These are white, white anthropologists that will tell you this. So, you know, we really truly, bro, don't need a white critic to tell us, well, you don't stand up to par for this, that, and the third, because they judge black movies from the lens that, well, hey, if it's not a movie that's talking about a nigga being a simp or a pimp or a hoe or a gang banging ass nigga or whatever, Whatever the case it may be, they always judge our movies through the lens of the stereotype. So they got black folks thinking, well, hey, colder ice is better. Uh, you know, I don't want to be in the B-list movie. You know, I got to be in this top 10. I got to be on some Billy Bob Thornton, Holly Berry shit. They, they have to demonize you and dehumanize you for you to be able to get a top tier role. And the reality is we don't have to have that. We can get spin with each other like Tulsa and anything else. We don't really need to have your approval. We don't need to have white approval because if you really look at Hollywood um, in the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that, the black exploitation films and things of that nature, bro, we black folks, specifically foundationals around that time, they saved Hollywood with them little, you know, Jive, Turkey, Cadillac, motherfucker, all that kind of stuff that saved Hollywood. We always save the fucking day from the votes to the fucking movies to everything. We save the fucking day all the time. And, and it's, it's time for black folks to stop saving the fucking day. It, it, it's time 
for us to get what, what, what we're owed and what, what's due for us. We don't really need the Hollywood critics because let's be clear. Hollywood is fucked right now with streaming and shit going on. Man, Hollywood ain't what it used to be, bro. It ain't, it nah, ain't nah, they ain't be. making the same money they used to be. That's for sure. So you don't want to say. Now look at Will Smith. That movie, his his movie got released on what Netflix? That one's on Apple TV, and I and that was that <laughs> Apple TV. So you ain't got to go to the theater to watch it, right? No, you don't. And he's releasing. Yeah, it so free. think of that. That's a whole new element people don't even think about. And it's actually a these are new release movies, and you could just watch them in your house. You go watch them in your house. And you know what? That was... <laughs> you ain't got to wait for it to get on DVD or none of that kind of shit, you, you know? Wait. And, and me, I'm a... You Think know, of I'm, that. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a DVD advocate because I know if they cut any of this digital shit off, I still want to have my DVDs. But, no, you're right. The streaming platform, um, Apple TV. Apple TV, to me... um. I've never had Apple TV. I got Netflix and Amazon and HBO Max and I got all of that stuff. But um, Apple TV is like the unorthodox. Denzel Washington released uh, a movie only on Apple TV. So it's exclusive. See, when you do something exclusive, that forces you to go out there. So now what I'm going to have to do is I got to make a decision. Damn, I really want to see this Will Smith movie. Now, the, the critics are talking shit about it. I'm saying, fuck the critics. I still want to see it. You know what DP going to do? DP going to get a subscription for Apple TV for five bucks a month. I might cancel it, but I want to see it. Now, it's free on Apple TV, he says. But I understand why he did that. Because a lot of the other places in, in, in Amazon were playing games and stuff like that. You know, so, like I said, I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to let any... Of our, of, of our perceived simpish behavior override the fact that what they could see if they could do this to, to him, they'll do that to DP. He's still black. It, yeah. it doesn't matter what the nigga did. He's still black. You see what I'm saying? So I, I have to look at it from that lens too. I have to say, well, okay, well, Apple TV, well, why didn't you go to Netflix? They probably didn't cut him the deal he wanted. And you know, and then maybe, you know, they ain't had a slave nigga movie in a minute. You know what I'm saying? So they probably said, okay, well, because you know why you know Hollywood, they love slave movies. They love seeing niggas degraded and whipped and raped and all this kind of shit. So yeah, they'll put that out. Um But I, you know, I looked at some of the reviews. Me and my wife was looking at it and we were just talking about it. I was like, damn man, this this shit is really like they kind of leaving the cinematics out. Like they, they were focused more on well, it's an action movie, so it kind of takes away from the history and this, that, and the third. And I'm looking at these same motherfuckers like, if I ask you to tell the story, you're, you're like that teacher when I wrote that reparations report at South High and wouldn't accept it. They, they remind me of that, bro. They remind me of that real heavy. Like, okay, well, uh, this wasn't accurate. This wasn't accurate. Okay, well, all right, let me give you some accuracies. Let me give you some facts. Oh, I can't accept that. Well, you just said you want to listen. You, you, want, you want some history. You want some information on history. Let me go to the next subject real quick. Now, listen to this. Now, this lady got bars. I want I want you to hear this. She got bars. This is bars, bars, bars. Hold on, how, how do I? Okay, here we go. This sister got bars. 
happy for you, Brittany. You didn't deserve that treatment in the first place. They even managed to get you out and free in time for the holidays. But if y'all think for one second this was anything but political, this really shows how easy politicians can get those votes swayed. Save the black gay female celebrity. Hit one, two, three, four disparities. Cue the photo ops with Biden smiling like he won. Meanwhile, millions of Britneys are sitting in U.S. penitentiaries. Got him. Started from the bottom. His 1994 crime bill is not forgotten. Griner was a prisoner in Russia for something bogus. But what about all the outlandish weed charges in your own backyard, POTUS? It's not about Democrats or Republicans. It's about people playing on y'all emotions because they know they can. Because they know they can get that black vote without writing one bill of claws. They just got to pull on your heartstrings till they hands are raw. 400 years, still nothing to show for our Holocaust. They paying other nations reparations, but we lost in the sauce. And watch how they use Britney Griner to make you say, ah, so they can hit you with it. Don't say we ain't do nothing for y'all. Trick. Politics, it's really politicking. Yeah, man. She she went off. She 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 said she yeah. she went off. I ain't heard bars like that in a minute. Have you? No, it's been a while. Yeah, man. She 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 had went off, man. Um now, now listen to this. Speaking of we'll get back to that in a minute, but now this is going to crack you up a little bit. Because we've talked about folks like, this. oh, they took it off. Fuck. Damn it, man. Somebody took this off. Hold on. Okay, so it was this one nigga that, he's like a comedian. He interviews pretty much everybody. And he pretty much has so many words called DJ Drama a culture vulture. I wish I could play the video, but they, they must have took it down. But basically, man, he basically said, nigga, all you do is talk. You ain't got no bars. What is your what is your thoughts on like the DJ dramas and the DJ Khalids and stuff far as the hip hop culture? What is your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call them. What are they? I mean, are they DJing like scratching mi- oh, music God. at clubs, oh. playing music at clubs? Are they making mixtapes? Yeah, playing. Music so they're buying clubs, a beat. Mixtapes. They're like they're, they're not like no DJ premiere. Not at all. No, nah, I don't have anything against them. They brought a lot of a lot of attention, a lot of artists that needed it, you know. So you buy the beat, then you get two artists or one artist, and you you know have them go on the beat, and then you drop a mixtape. Yeah. An artist that's going to agree to do that wants the publicity, wants to put himself out there. So you know they're not a culture vulture. The only person who could they're they're not forcing anyone to do that. They're paying them. Hey, look at DJ Khaled. What would you call him? He'll buy a beat, say, hmm, this guy would be good on it with this guy. Okay, let's get them. I'm going to pay them, and I'm going to pay them, then I'll make my money when it sells. That's simple. Business. Oh, man, this time right here, we could get Snoop to feature on this and get uh, get P.T.I., uh, uh, what's his name? T-Pain, and get these motherfuckers on there. Yeah, we'll make some money. Is he a culture vulture? It's up to you. What did you think about the Gangster Grill series? There was a lot of good, good, good CDs. I don't know. I've never heard of it. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. Gangster Grill. What is it? A show? The Gangster Grills was a lot of when DJ Drama came out. It was a lot of the series that came. His notoriety really started getting on uh, when Jeezy came out. The Trapper Die mixtape was pretty much. The Trapper Die mixtape was pretty much one of the 
flagship mixtapes of our, of our century. I'll say, uh, when artists basically started to, you know, have a DJ yelling over the damn tape, like that trapper die mixtape. I'm going to tell you something. When mixtapes was around, it got so bad that the fed started raiding niggas houses for that shit. They thought niggas was selling crack because Jeezy and DJ drama and a lot of them dudes, what it it was is, and this was a real conspiracy. Um, The record labels would pay people like DJ drama to make the streets hot because as I said before, black folks, we make shit hot. We make, we're the culture. We are really truly the culture. Like I remember I sent you a screenshot of all the genres the black folks made here in America, like everything, like we're really the culture. If it, it don't move unless we make it. So they're like, well, damn, we don't really got no sway. So we just got to pay some niggas to find some talent. And the streets was mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? Mixtapes was the streets. Like, so the record labels, they needed the DJ dramas and the people, DJ smalls and the, you know, uh, the, the, the K, DJ K slays, they needed them. So what they would do, is they would pay them, you know, to get, you know, get a mixtape going because it has to start with the streets. It has to start with the block. I know because I was part of that shit. Like I used to sell mixtapes and, you know, CDs and mixtapes and they used to make mixtapes and stuff like that. So I understand what, what, what was like really big back then, bro. Like it was getting to the point where let's say, like you said, DJ drama, he'll take a tape. Um, you'll take somebody like ZZ. He's an up and coming artist. He'll have a couple songs. And this was before, like, you could, you know, before the heavy, this is before streaming and shit like that, where artists could still get make making money with CDs. Niggas had CDs. I mean, streaming, iTunes just started kind of coming around. So you, you, you're an artist, you kind of, you're getting a little hot. And, but the internet's still, the internet's cracking. So you'll have Trapper Die mixtape, uh, or you'll have DJ Drama, He'll be starting his brand. He started off, I believe, in college doing this stuff. So he does this. You do, you do a tape with an artist. And then you get on there. You get all his songs. The record label will pay the DJ to find these artists and to work with them. But a lot of the art, a lot of the songs will be songs that they're supposed to use for the album on the record label. So they will come up. That what wow. they will do. Yeah. But, but see, the, the label... The way that the way they would do it is grimy. The label would pay the DJ to work with the artists. But then the feds would be like, well, wait a minute. This Trapper Die mixtape is selling for like seven dollars. It it ain't got no barcode. Trapper Die ain't in Best Buy like that. It ain't in Sam Goody. You you ain't cutting <laughs> us in. You see what I'm saying? So, right, yeah. So it's like you're selling drugs. Yeah, it's like dope. They, they, they pull up to the studios. They, they actually had a raid, bro. I'm going to pull up this article in a minute. They had a raid. And they pulled up, and it was a bunch of DVD machines. A little duplicators. Like, I had a duplicator machine. And they were like, well, where's the dope? And they're like, well, damn, ain't no dope. They're seeing Lamborghinis outside and all kind of shit. And they're like, what the fuck? How? Where's the dope? There's no cocaine? I thought it was a ploy a little bit. So they confiscate all the mixtapes. They confiscate all this stuff. 
it's supposed to be copyright laws. You know how you, you watch the DVD back in the day where it say quarter million dollar felony, five years, and all that bullshit. But the record label would be paying niggas like DJ Drama to do that shit. They paid them to put songs and to make, make the streets hot. So here's my conjecture. I believe that the record labels was paying the people like DJ Drama and then sending the feds to come in and raid just for the sake of, I don't know. I, I think sometimes when a lot of artists, even this Gunner situation, I think there's more than meets the eye. I, I really don't believe he just told and that's it. I think they basically told these niggas, hey, you too hot. Like Thug. I had some inside sources, you know, that from Atlanta that said, well, Thug was basically trying to build shit for people. He was trying to do a lot of stuff for people. They're like, oh, no, 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 nigga. You trying to be positive? Oh, you a gangbanger, nigga. You ain't supposed to be positive. Yeah, he might have been doing positive things, but that wasn't the only thing he was doing. I think that I think that the record labels, I think that they were becoming more independent and didn't need the labels anymore. And I think that some of these labels basically are working coinciding. We see evidence and stuff like this with Sam Cooke, where niggas mysteriously end up dead or DP, you're you're running around you're running around the truth, DP. Did did gun did young thug order hits on people? We haven't confirmed that yet. I mean, that's that's the million dollar golden golden goose. Did Young Thug? The rest of this shit don't really matter. Did he order the killings of people? Yeah, that's that's your that's 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 the that's the golden ticket. He might have done a bazillion things great, ninety nine straight days, but on that hundredth day, he ordered a killing, and they got it on recording. And they got the person who did the killing admitting to it. So he can get less time. You see what I'm saying? And then he's got, you know, it's a trickle-down effect. And you got to also understand another thing with that YSL shit. That's the trickle-down effect. Young Thug might have his his top niggas. And then his top niggas, they got niggas. And then they think they're in it. They think they're in it. They think they're in it. And there's people, Young Thug ain't never met running around here doing crimes probably on the I'm YSL. I'm YSL. It ain't got nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's the thing that people don't really look at. I think that the labels, like with the gunner situation, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he probably told. But I think sometimes with the labels, just with the R. Kelly shit, I think the labels would be like, look, man, nigga, you got this big ass case, sign over your royalties. <laughs> I think they right. I think they do. I think they got something in order where they like, look, nigga, you, you about to do some major, major time. Sign over most of this shit. We'll let you do your little shows or whatever. Then go on Crime Stoppers. Go on Crime Stoppers. And see, at this point, Gunner don't really have nothing to lose. He might as well do a a, a, a tour with Takashi. I'm being serious, bro. Like he can he could come out of this and say like you said, I ain't got no paperwork. The streets know, but I ain't got no paperwork to my white fans. They, they don't they, care. They don't care. They don't, man, they don't care. Yeah, when well, the time I'm around, if he's doing an interview with the Breakfast Club, Drink Champions, something like that, they're going to press him on that. Then then he can come out with, I don't have no paperwork. Yep. What you talking about? I ain't got Where's no the paperwork? paperwork? All right, so because besides that, he'll be on his own stream and he'll just put out music. And then he's going to be on some free thug. 
It's not like he's just not going to bring up Young Thug anymore. Oh, he's going to, his whole narrative is going to be free Young Thug. Get my nigga out. And Thug ain't going to say da, 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 da. Thug ain't going to make no Thug can't say. What, what can he say? Yeah, that he, nigga snitched on me? Yeah, he's... <laughs> is he going to say that? No, nah, he's going to... He's probably, in his feeble brain, he's probably thinking, well, they let him out, they're going to let me out. They're letting us out. They ain't got no evidence. Oh, they probably going to let us that, all out. You can't be that damn naive. You never know. You, you never know. Naive, bro. Oh. It's either that or he's knowing... This nigga, my guy, just talked on me, and now I'm in some real trouble because for them to let him out, that means they got everything they need on me. It's a trickle down effect. They they let when they let uh, Gunner out, Sergio Kitchens. When they let him out, that means we got all the info we need on your boy. Thank you. Now what do you? Think now about, we're good. What do you think about this? Now, the, now let me see here. Hold on, let's see. Okay. Now, this is something that I talk about from time to time. Now, there's this sister here, and I agree with her wholeheartedly. Real nice looking sister. I will forever be against baby mama culture as a young black American woman because that disease is something that affects my community the most. And for those of you who like to come into my comments and believe that marriage does not matter, I swear to God, I really want y'all to just run into a brick wall super fast and just pass out. Y'all make me sick. Like, oh my God. I, oh my God. You cannot sit here and tell me that marriage doesn't matter or marriage doesn't have an effect when 75% of black children are raised in single parent households. Oh, I'm sorry, fatherless homes. Let's just call it what it is. And one out of four black women are only to get married. That is a big problem because what affects you the most more than race, more than economic class, more than education is whether or not there is a father present in the household. I don't know why that is so hard for y'all to comprehend, but it matters. And as a woman with no children, the best gift that I can give my kids is a father who actually wanted them. As a father who was legally committed to their mother in the household present raising our children together under one roof. There is nothing cute about giving a man a child who didn't think that you were good enough to give a ring to. And for those of you who still like to believe that marriage is just a piece of paper, marriage doesn't matter, I'm gonna end that conversation today. Do you all remember the movie Diary of a Mad Black Woman? And when Charles got shot and he was God awful to his wife, Helen, but he was with the mistress and when he got shot, the mistress wanted to cut off life, Charles' life support, but Helen wanted to save him. And she could, and she had the right to do that because she was legally his wife. So that just goes to show when real life issues occur, nobody is looking for anybody but the wife. His wife is the only person who can make those type of calls. Not the baby mama, not the longtime girlfriend, not the mistress, his wife. The person that he got down on one knee to, the person that he went to the altar in front of God in the community and vowed his life to, is the person who was only allowed to handle. Now that was some, that right there to me was some, was some that was the foundational spirit of Tulsa, the foundational spirit of Nicodemus. That, 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 you, you really don't hear 
you really don't hear that narrative um from from this generation. And I blame the civil rights generation and the baby boomers. And I, and I talk about that a lot in my book and stuff, man. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? When you look at Minneapolis and St. Paul as a whole? I mean, I would say it's, it's, it's going downhill. It's becoming a place that's known for around America. This is a place you need to be. If you're on some, you know, you need help. You know, either you need help or you want help, which is two different things, you know. But it, it's become a safe haven for drug addicts and homeless people. There's a narrative now that all I need to do is get to Minnesota. As soon as I get to Minnesota, I'll get housing. I'll get a check, a government check every month. It's become laughable. How often do you, you see? Me? How often do you see in your daily, you know, well, we we could just talk about just 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 the surrounding neighborhood. Um, how often do you see black families walking together? Never. They'll be in the suburbs if you see them. Now this is this is the fentanyl era. Let's keep in mind it is for our listeners tonight. This is the fentanyl era. Now, oh yeah, not only is it the fentanyl era. It's also the the um it's the area where if you got any sense you're getting out of the city. There's really nothing going on in the city, especially if you have a family. If I ever decide to start a family, where it's not gonna be in South Minneapolis. I can guarantee you that one hundred percent. So even in the fifties and the sixties, Ricksfield, any diner that that that's still No, I said South place. Minneapolis. Okay, so like where I am now. Okay. Yeah, in the heart of the city. No, nah, I'm cool. I'd rather my son, you know, I can teach him about uh, the ways of the world. You know, he don't need to be learning shit on the streets. There's nothing to learn on the streets. The, the best thing to learn on the streets is to avoid the streets. Then there's nothing there. You know what I mean? There's nothing there. There's no badge of honor in calling yourself a thug, you know, or a gang. Look at y'all. The young thug, look at his ass. You won't be seeing. He might get. Hopefully, all the young thug fans got pictures saved of him because you won't be seeing him for a very long time. I hate to say it, and if he was ordering the hit, and they have him recorded saying niggas getting soft, y'all ain't killed no one today. You know that type of bullshit. You know it don't fly. That's young black kids that he's killing. He ain't killing little white boys. That is true. You know, take that into account too. You talking about black families? That's black families he's destroying. Now with that sister, with that sister there, um, I can only suspect that you have a lot of the hood rat feminist um, retort that would try to tell her, well, I don't want to hear no man tell me what to do, blah, 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 blah. You know, you hear a lot of that, uh, fuck nigga free, I in, I'm independent, this, that, and the third. What would you say um, to a lot of that narrative that was try to counter what that sister said that, Hey, we need to have black families. We need to have black men and women in the homes. I agree with her. I do too. I wouldn't, I don't, I didn't see anything wrong with anything that lady said. You're hearing. I thought she was right on. I thought she was right on point. If you ask me. 
I, I'm starting to hear a lot of more. Uh, I, I'm starting to hear that narrative becoming normalized now, which is a good thing. Uh, because is like, and like they say, uh, uh, the village raised a child. Um, in the motherland, that was just common law. Um, I think a lot of that was lost heavily. I'll say the late sixties is when they really start to deteriorate from, from, from my little, from my technical knowledge. I'm not an expert at it by no stretch of the imagination, but looking at the breakdown of the black family, you know, I always send you those pictures You know, I always email you or I always text you those pictures of, 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 of black families in the sixties and in the seventies, the seventies, that's when it really starts to get kind of, you know, but, we know it was engineered. You see what I'm saying? But like our generation, we're like from 40 and under we we still look at it as well. Cause in our neighborhood, I was just talking to one of my homies the other day. And I know me and you talked about this before. You didn't really see a lot of men in the homes. It was a rarity, you know? Uh, and we didn't really think about it at that time when we were younger, but you know, that, 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 that's an effect. You need to have a competent male figure leading the home. That's a natural. Oh, yeah, that's a must. It's a must. And when you don't have that deal, of course the children suffer, even if they don't really know, you know, you, you need to have universal man, and universal woman. You, you need to have, um, both edges of the spectrum. You know, uh, and, and the thing about it is, uh, like, like when you, when you hear about, um, if you looked at even a lot of the wars and a lot of the different things that was going on, um, in the world, whenever there's a war and a lot of violence going on, what do you hear? You hear a bunch of. Women say, hey, man, put me in the kitchen. I ain't trying to go out on that battlefield. A lot of them women in Ukraine were talking about that. Like, hey, I, don't, I ain't course. trying to go out there because they could if they gave them, them, If they gave the men a lot of them options, they probably would do that. The same <laughs> thing. You could be in the kitchen or you could be up here on the front line. A lot of them motherfuckers would be doing the exact same thing. Shit, yeah. that shit ain't no fucking fun. No, it ain't. It ain't. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close it out, man. Well, I think what I'm going to do, um, I think uh, Saturday night, my birthday night, I might have another one. So, oh, man, I'll be I'll be here, man. I'd love to be on. Yeah, definitely, man. The and big I, 4-0. The big 4-0. I think I'm going to play some music and stuff like that, man. And I, uh, I, I'll send you the, uh, once I post it up, once I upload it to the, to the internet and stuff, I'll send you the link and stuff, man. So I'll edit it up uh, real good tonight or tomorrow, and I'll send you the link, man. So I... Thanks for joining me, man. We'll, we'll cover some more topics and, um, you know, appreciate you having, appreciate having y'all, man. No problem, man. Appreciate you having me on. Talk to you soon. Take care, bro. Bye-bye. All right, peace.